Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reactionaries Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, we're getting to the folks a little late because uh, uh, the we actually tested positive for COVID, and we were supposed to record yesterday, and then got moved, and then we got tested positive again, and I had to move, and then more people in our organization, and that is a crossover joke for probably three people. It's a Steelers-Ravens joke, Joe. That's right. That's right. But no, Joe actually is able now to commit crimes. He injured his hand, so we had to move the the podcast recording from Friday. But uh, we are we are getting in under the wire on Norse November, Joe. Yes, I burned uh, my finger. For people out there who don't know, um, I tried to make eggs in the toaster, but it turns <laughs> out that uh, Chuck Norris is an actual stunt person. He's a professional, trained professional. He just makes it look so easy, and it it unfortunately was not. It did not work out that way. So, Joe, th- like I said, this is the last episode of Norris Vember, and uh, we're, we're finishing it up with a fun one, The Cutter. Which, yes. Joe, Chuck Norris retired from acting after this movie. He came out of retiring for – no, he said <laughs> – he retired, and he came out for The Expendables. Well, yeah, so I was going to say, is it really retirement when the studios decide, all right, we've had enough? <laughs> when you get put out to pasture? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, old Yeller didn't retire from from being a farm dog. <laughs> I mean, let's be clear here. I, I think he just took the more dignified path compared to uh, Steven Seagal. Because Steven Seagal got retired and he just moved to, like, Romania and just set up his own film studio. Yeah, Seagal, every time he was let go by a studio, he's like, what if I gain 20 pounds? Will that? <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting there. He's got a big bucket of lard. He's like, ah, I'll put a scoop of this in my mouth. Will that guarantee me a roll? Hmm. No, so yeah, this week's movie is 2005's The Cutter, and like I said, it finishes up Norris Vember. We're going to start uh, uh, Holiday Month, and uh, we didn't talk about the format of that last last time. So um, what we are going to do is we have two holiday movies for this month. We're going to do Santa with Muscles, which is a Hulk Hogan movie, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a kid's movie, but you know what? We need a break. Joe and I yes. both want to watch this movie. And then we're going to do a classic, terrible uh, Christmas uh, action movie, uh, Reindeer Games, starring Ben Affleck and some other folks. Charlie's Theron. Also known by some of you as Deception. Yeah, apparently it's also called Deception. But um, then for the last two movies of the month, we are going to... Yes, Joe, it also has want... Gary Sinise. I just... <laughs> Thanks, Joe. The last two movies of the month, we are actually going to surprise each other on air with what the movies are going to be. We're going to send each other little DVDs as gifts. So I don't know what movie Joe's going to pick yet. It's not necessarily going to be a holiday movie, but it will be a gift to everybody. And I don't know what movie I'm going to pick yet. But well, I'm not first... to everybody, just to Jeff. Just to me. <laughs> I'm yeah, not Joe's buying everyone DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what movie I'm going to pick, but it's probably going to be terrible given my track record on this show of no. movies that I've picked. The I Assignment. Think... You picked a fine one this week. Oh, this one is amazing, Joe. So why don't we get into the cutter? Let's get that started. And uh, oh, I forgot to mention, we are now on. Uh, this is uh, notable to you, Joe. You didn't know this. Audible. The Killer. Pop- on Audible. We're, you, you can get us everywhere. You can not listen to us on your favorite app of choice. <laughs> your favorite app or tablet of choice. That's right. And uh, so, Joe, yeah, let's get into the cutter, a movie that has about 10,000% more anti-Semitism than I thought reading the uh, the description. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I went in thinking this movie has to be about a moil, right? Ah. Au contraire. 
Um, I'm sure that I'm sure that plays that plays hard down at that the place to three people, <laughs> three Orthodox people that I know. Um, so, uh, but yes, I'm, Jeff, we always we go into every movie. We have fun in this podcast. We try to find anti-Semitism where it may or may not be. Uh, Jeff, this movie has anti-Semitism. It has, it has Nazis. It just has it. I mean, it's, it's what it is, really. Also, Joe, I just want to say I was going to give you a little tip on your Moyle joke. But Moyles have plenty of those. There you go. There you go. Knocked it out of the park. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I did it. Best part, that's the perfect Jew joke for a Gentile to say. You literally found the perfect Gentile Jew joke. Because it's not offensive. It's It's not offensive at all. It's just the truth. So, all right, Joe, let's get into the cutter, uh, which is described as basically a guy helps an old man with diamonds. By the way, Jeff, I almost guess that it was a jewish guy last well, week. that would have been anti-semitic of you wait what'd you say that would have been anti-semitic of you right i didn't want to be anti-semitic but sometimes you just force me into it you get you me to a corner <laughs> sometimes you can't help who you are joe right <laughs> so the cutter released in 2005 mm-hmm. directed by william tannen and uh, budget was $10 million. How? Uh, they were real diamonds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I could figure. And the actual uh, breastplate of Aaron. Yeah. Uh, box office, not applicable. Because Ooh, it was straight to DVD. Well, that's bad, uh, especially when uh, Chuck Norris retired from acting after this. Joe says he was put out to pasture. But I, but his his by his words he retired, and then he came out of retirement to do the Expendables, too, because the cutter was such a great love letter to the universe. But he needed a little coda on it, you know. Yes. It, it really is his masterpiece. I was gonna say he retired off to Austria with two diamonds in hand, one red and one white. One so Joe, why don't we get into uh, the Nazi movie? Let's go, Nazis, Nazis, Nazis galore. Location. Jeff, what do we start with? Military text, baby. Military text, our old friend. We are in the Sinai Desert. Yep, was supposed to be Israel, but the Israeli producer said, mm, maybe not. Where'd he shoot it? Death Valley? Uh, I'm not sure where he, where he shot it. I didn't get that far into it. I just no. read the little fast facts that he was like, maybe we don't call it Israel. Well, they call it the Sinai Desert. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know. It is what it is. Uh, we see a hang gliding plane. Is that a thing? I guess it is. And it was, I was really hoping that he, they missed an opportunity to have the wings fold up and then have him drive. That's what I was really hoping would happen when he landed. Well, it looks like, I mean, they were made of like old time cloth or something. Yeah. I mean, they're just kite. It's just a kite. It's a it's kite. A, it's a giant kite. Yeah. It's a kite on a jet ski. Did you notice that? Like the plane that that, like a yeah. jet ski that it's attached to. It does look like, yeah, I've never seen anything like that before. Never but, seen anything. Granted, I don't do a lot of jewelry thieving, so maybe it's big in that world. I don't know a whole lot about it. There's, there has to be a reason. What happened if he like takes this plane, but there's like no good place to land? And in he's the just desert? like, well, because he's in the like craggly mountain area, and he has to park like you know like two and a half miles away and trudge right. through the desert. He could do it. He's everyone walks in this movie. That's why they're all so well in shape. Our good friend Dirk could do it. Yes. Uh, so we have a five person crew. 
and they are doing an archaeological dig. We've got uh, Jean Jack, a girl, and she mm-hmm. says that this cave wasn't on the map that was stolen from Cairo. Now she tells us. Also, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm so confused. Like, I was like, okay, so maybe they're like half legit people. And then it was like, no, they're not. But it's like, why would he lie about the map, the dig? And did they steal it? Yeah, where did this stolen map come from? Because they so, would have to have stolen it if they have the map. I'm 90 seconds into this movie. I have nothing but questions. We lost. need a prequel. We need a Rogue One for them getting the stolen map from Cairo. We need, we need a backstory. Yes, we yeah. need some fan fiction. We need something. Um, But how would she know? Jean Jacket girl, that is. Uh, Well, Professor Abram told her. Well, now that makes sense. Of course, Joe. Professor Abram. <laughs> Well-known... Uh, he he uh, keeps his secrets close to his vest. Mm-hmm. Um, they uncover a tomb, a coffin in the tomb, actually, and crack the coffin, and they find a mummy. Jeff, Whoa. is this a horror movie? Joe, I think so. I think, well, we do find out that this is the prequel to Hellbound later, but we'll get into that. Okay. The pilot of the plane walks in and says, Choshen Mishpat, uh, which means breastplate of judgment. Then shoots everyone except the caddy woman with the short hair. Yeah, because they're partners, right, Joe? Yes, but she does fall down and play dead. I am not sure why. Just in case all the, you know, the dying people in the cave would be like, wait a second, she was in on it. (laughs) What the hell? Yeah, she's Some guy's dying breath, he's like, son of a... (laughs) She's very, she's deceptive and two-faced, but she's self-conscious about it. Yeah, she doesn't want people to know how how evil she is. Yes. Um. So then, the pilot and the short hair woman kiss, and it oh. cuts and it cuts away. Oh, it cuts away the bandages of the mummy because it's grasping something. Um, to reveal the breastplate of Aaron. And two uncut diamonds, one red and one white. Um, but before I get into the next thing, I just realized this as I'm looking at these notes. Uh, mummification was not a Jewish. Tradition. No, it was not. That was one of my notes. Okay. Because I was like, a Jewish mummy? Question mark? <laughs> they don't exist. Yeah, because if he has the breastplate of Aaron, that implies that it was a Jewish high priest. Yeah, this is it, they're really just like, you know, this part of the world, you know, for a guy thing, right? that is so well versed in the book of Exodus, you figure he would have picked up on the part where the Jews flee Egypt. Genesis, book of Exodus. Joe. <laughs> um, They did say um, I saw on IMDb that they had to rewrite this movie five times. So I'm wondering if that was a little detail that they uh, that was supposed to like. It was supposed to be something else in the script. It wasn't supposed to be an Israeli. It wasn't supposed to be a Jewish thing. Because it really. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. But then we have the Nazi stuff later. So it does kind of make sense that it's a Jewish thing. I, I don't know. This movie's I'd a mess. I'd be ashamed if a Jew wrote this scene. Because we get reminded every year. We have a whole holiday devoted to reminding us that we left Egypt. That's like going a Christian being like, did you know that Jesus died for our <laughs> sins? <laughs> He was, like, on a cross and everything with, yeah. like, nails in his hands. Yeah, you know that, that tea thing you see everywhere? Turns out 
Yeah, that's called a cross. That. Yeah, he died on that. But first he, like, carried it and stuff. It was crazy. It was weird. And he was, um, like, really passionate about it, I guess. I don't know. Right. Um, uh, okay, so she, they are kissing uh, again. But then the pilot stabs short hair in the heart. And then she's, and she's dead. like, you bastard. And then she's dead. Um, and then he leaves. Jeff, why not just shoot her? <laughs> because she's got to think that she's in on it. For five, five seconds. For five extra seconds. But Joe, the, here's the thing about this scene. I want to eat the gems. Because they look like gushers? They look the the giant gems look like like gushers and the little ones on the breastplate they look like Jolly Ranchers. Ah, very good. I was looking at them and I was like, I want to eat these crystals, Joe. I want to eat them so bad. They look tasty. They look. Yeah, they were probably they probably were rock candy. Yeah. Did you see the uh, like the the rock that looks like a chicken tender? Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Are we gonna take a break and you're gonna pull that up on the screen? No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would invite everybody to uh, to look it up when you get home. The uh, the chicken tender, the rock that looks like a chicken tender, because right. it is it is fantastic. And Joe, I lied to you. It's right here. It's a rock that looks like a chicken tender. Yes, it does. That's a rock. That's a rock, Joe. Oh, it's like a geode. Yeah, it's like a geode. It looks like somebody got a giant, like a like a turkey tenderloin and turned it into a, a tender and then like a deep fried tender and then took a big old bite out of it yeah it's like they took a whole chicken breast and like yeah fried it it's wild yeah it's crazy so anyways that th- that's the only other rock i want to eat is that one and these jolly ranchers that would hurt so bad to poop a great it would be a great prank <laughs> dude it would suck to poop out it, it was, was a great was, drunk guy prank you play that on the right drunk guy he breaks all his teeth out of his mouth <laughs> I was thinking you eat it, and then I guess you could just eat a regular rock. It doesn't need to look like food. <laughs> you could probably give a drunk guy a regular rock. He didn't try to eat it. Um, location. Military text, baby. We are now in Spokane, Washington. Which might be the most inconsequential place ever put in, in an action text. movie. I was, just, yeah. <laughs> I was just seeing maybe the lamest location in an action movie of all time. Joe, and this started as LA, or started as New York City, and then budget made them make it LA because they were going to film in LA instead, and then they filmed in Spokane, Washington. So, and Jeff, we never leave. No, they <laughs> run out of budget ten minutes into this thing. Yep, we're just going around to just apartments and buildings, Airbnbs that they could rent, library, local library. Um, some men are setting up a kidnapping room. And tying a girl to the bed. And there's like quick cuts. Dude, if you were disoriented with the last scene. Yeah, this, this one is just insane. This is, this is just classic like bad movie. Just like trying to like convey an idea of what's happening without actually like showing you. Because it would actually blocking the scenes and everything would be too much. So it's like, all right, pull some duct tape. All right, hammer this board on this wall. And then they just like splice it together in this like and they 30 frames. filters on yeah. everything. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, like conveying, small frames for a second, and it's like, yeah, it's conveying intensity without uh, meaningful dialogue or plot points. Yes, exactly. Just you go, oh, this is serious. Okay, yes. I understand that. Serious things are happening, like duct tape and hammers. That's right. And girls screaming. Girls screaming, yeah. 
Uh, Chuck Norris is listening on a t- tapped phone call from a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did he yeah. do that? <laughs> uh, he's a PI. Use PI store stuff. Haven't you ever seen those stores, those spy supply stores, Joe? That allow you to tap into a cell phone? Yep, that's how it works. Uh, he also looks old as shit, but he can still fire a gun. And unlike Seagal, he knows how to hold it. Yeah, that was one of the first thing I noticed in this was it was like when he holds the gun, he knows what he's doing. He's not holding it like it's a cat, like <laughs> where he's going to blow his arm off while he's just holding the gun. Yeah, petting the top of the barrel. Petting, and he actually knows how to move, like a person who walks yes. around still. <laughs> like Chuck Morris can still move normally, but Steven Seagal is. Uh, yeah, I, all I could do with this whole movie was contrast Steven Seagal and Chuck Norris. Me but, too, dude. This whole scene. Yeah, because it was just like, oh, he knows how to move. He, it's not just like him, just like moving like a split, like. A split move, and then they just cut around a bunch of split moves. So it right. looks like he's doing a lot of karate stuff. He does actual karate stuff, so it's great. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, uh, he shoots everyone and then asks where Jane Mueller is. Mm-hmm. Uh, then finds then finds the girl. Uh, she apparently went to Nas's acting classes. She did, Joe. She, she left her eyes open. You know like, what that means. <laughs> Yeah, but Joe, we missed the the part of this where these guys uh, sent a DVD to her mom. No, no, no. Oh, did we? Did we skip? Yeah, that? we skipped right over that paragraph. I would just like to point out it was all oh, these. Oh, I did these, skip that. These random fast cuts and just like, and then it just cuts to an old lady getting a DVD in the mail and just like lingers on the DVD going into the machine. An old lady that looks suspiciously like Judy Dench, but is not. A little bit, yeah. The only reason I was like, uh, I was like, that there's no way that is, is one, it's the cutter, and right. two, we just been, we just rewatched all the Daniel Craig James Bonds, so I know exactly what Judy Dench looks like right now in my head. Right. Yes. Uh, she. They also demand two million dollars from her. Ah, who cares? What's a little money? What's a little money among friends? Uh, Norris apologizes. Oh, because she's dead now. Jane yeah. Mueller. Fast forward. She's dead. Yeah. Uh, Norris apologizes for being too late. Uh, then he's attacked by a surviving thug, and he throws that guy out of a three-story window. Yeah. We, we get a stock audio. It was of insane. The guy yelling. <laughs> you like, know, I want to play it, but like, I'd have to look it up, and and it's just you've all heard this this noise. Yeah, it's like the. <laughs> it's not the Wilhelm scream though, which is what people think we're talking about. It's like the other one. Because the Wilhelm scream is the one that's like, ah! It's no, like, not that one. Yeah, it's the other one. It's like the, ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And, um, and one thing, though, this guy was, like, in the middle of shooting, just, like, recocked his Uzi. Like, he didn't reload it. He just, like, right. recocked it in the middle. I was like, what is, okay, sure. <laughs> um, the cops arrive on the scene. And uh, one of the detectives is pissed that he threw that guy out of a window. The, the guy jumped, Joe. It was self-defense slash suicide. <laughs> uh, he's like, wait, what movie am I in? <laughs> just... Hold on. Line. Line. Uh, Norris's name is Shepard. Yep. And we get some aggressive banter with Agent Parks, the movie's dick cop. That's right. The, yeah, he's a... Uh, although, to be fair, like, everybody in this movie is the dick cop. 
Yeah, but he is like the dick cop of this movie. Like he's the Stasiak. He's the Stasiak, exactly. exactly. He's the guy that's gonna be like, you need to start thinking about the consequences of your actions. Like, You're putting all of our asses on the line. Yeah, my ass is in the jackpot here. <laughs> um, we get a very, but the reason I like this guy, he sucks overall. But like when he comes onto the scene with uh Shepard Chuck Norris. We get some excellent, excellent, bizarre delivery of banter. Oh, yeah. And this one is is perfect because we get this line uh, with this, like, awkward... They're, like, going back and forth at each other. And then Chuck Norris is like, uh, well, it wouldn't have been this way if you hadn't, you know, done this. And then he takes his index finger and, like, jabs it into his shoulder really awkwardly <laughs> like he's like he's never like had an argument on screen with anybody before yeah yeah like he's he's it's like every time chuck norris is asked to do something in a movie they're like all right chuck so in this scene we're gonna need you to do this he goes well i've never done that before but i'll do my best <laughs> shot at it like every, every single action he ever does at every movie that's not karate he's just like oh, i'll give it a shot i mean yeah hey chuck convey frustration here He's like, well, what if I use my index finger and I jab it into his shoulder? Also, Joe, why is Chuck Norris the one to notify the family of the death? Because he's like, I've got a family to notify. It's like, (laughs) the police are here. Let the police do it. Chuck Norris is under the impression that he's a police officer this entire movie. And he's not. It's another, uh, like... um, a force of one scenario where it's like, you're not a cop. You just know yes. cops. You need to stop. Like the things you're doing are illegal. Cause you're not a cop. Yeah. And this movie's different. Cause the cops don't even want him involved. No, he's just <laughs> they show- keep telling him not to be involved. <laughs> they really should arrest him. Yes. He should have been arrested. He gets arrested at the beginning of the movie. And then he just walks out with his amazing scene. Okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, the pilot arrives Dirt. at the airport. Okay, well, name you, is Dirk. you claim his name is Dirk. His name is Dirk. <laughs> In my notes, he's the pilot. He arrives at the airport, uh, and he is speaking German now. Oh, he, oh he's evil. So you know he's evil. He heads to a jeweler, a jewel dealer, actually, asks about a guy named Zalman, who is a cutter who came here in the 40s. That's right. Oh, boy. Uh, here we yeah. go. <laughs> couple things one this guy is supposed to be quote the master of disguise that's what they call him later and his first disguise is the world's worst fake mustache and that's oh, it fake mustache <laughs> yeah it's a fake mustache and there's a hard line like it, it's not even like an expensive fake mustache fake two mustache, terrible russian accent right this yes. is his russian character to this this amazing finder who's going to find this guy to do the work. He just looks up, like, jewelry in the Yellow Pages. Yellow pages. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is his plan, is just to look it up in the Yellow Pages. And uh, he went to a synagogue to get the name Zal- Zalman, or to well, get the name Zalman. Well, he went to the jeweler. He went to some jewel dealer and got the name Zalman. Or he asked about Zalman, and the guy says he doesn't know. Uh, then he gets no answer there, so he goes and asks a rabbi. Oh, that's when he goes to the oh, synagogue. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, we find out later. D- Joe, this is why I have the question for you. Uh-huh. He's working for one. Spoiler alert. But is Dirk a Nazi? You know, I I don't 
this could just be another one of his awesome uh, personas. Like he's 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 an undercover anti-Semite. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if he's working for Interpol? May, oh, Joe, that could be it. Well, here's here's my here's my list that he's actually probably a Nazi. One German. Okay, that's a good start. <laughs> what else do you need? I will say this: he looks like an Aryan super soldier, except he's a brunette, not a blonde. Yeah, if you, you get this guy blonde, and uh, you're off to the races for uh for uh 1940 early 1940s propaganda. Yes. Cent- Central Europe. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up, guys. Yeah. Go to your local library. <laughs> Look it up, like Chuck Norris <laughs> does later in this movie. Um. So Zalman apparently came around 1947, 1948, and he survived Auschwitz. We don't have a bell, <laughs> but there, there's one. No, that's like a ding, 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 ding. Yeah. We got it. We we understand what's happening here. Yeah, well, there, there's going to be Nazis. And two, I mean, the reason I ask if he's a Nazi is he's like, all right, I got to find this Jewish guy. Where do I go? Let's see. The jewelry place? Synagogue. <laughs> is there a mint somewhere? Yes. Or someplace that stores coins? Is there a deli around, maybe? <laughs> or... Joe, is there anybody uh, complaining or uh, talking, singing to themselves about the uh, temperature of their soup, Joe? We'll get there. Uh, but first, the rabbi doesn't know a Zalman, but he does know a cutter named Isaac Teller, who's around that age. And that works for the pilot. So he leaves and the rabbi never thinks to call the police. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you had someone come and ask you, hey, I'm looking for a guy uh, named Zalman. Who, who's a jeweler? And you'd be like, yeah, I don't know that guy, but there's only one guy I know that fits that description, and it's this guy. And he survived the Holocaust, so he might have changed his name and also is probably hiding from people. And then the other guy was like, that's great. That's all I need. And he leaves, you'd be like, yeah, I did good there. <laughs> yeah. Go, go home. I gave a really nice guy some directions today. It was, it was It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. So then we show up at Zalman's place. And he is shaving in his home while humming a song he made up about the soup he had at the deli yesterday. <laughs> not too bad. Not too good. Just, Just medium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hell of a song. Um, a woman arrives looking for Teller. Mm-hmm. Her name is Elizabeth, and she's being a real nudge about pills. This is when I found out that apparently my family is speaks Yiddish because being a nudge is I did not know. I, it's apparently a Yiddish thing, and uh, it's been a part of my family as long as I can remember. That's true. Uh, the only the last thing that's OK to appropriate Yiddish. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the pilot. Or is... should I say matzah? There you I, go. Don't, I don't know Yiddish. Nailed it. <laughs> um. The pilot is speaking to another German guy about not having found Zalman yet and asking for more money. He's talking is, to him over the phone. This is going in a good direction. Hey, I need to find this Auschwitz survivor. Let me call this German, this old German. It's like already at this point, I'm like, this is going in a bad, bad direction. <laughs> They're building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're building past the line here. Um, so... The old German guy refuses until the breastplate has been authenticated and the diamonds have been cut. 
Elizabeth wants, uh, we flash back to Elizabeth and Zalman. Elizabeth wants Zalman. And and let's, I keep saying Zalman here, but his name that everyone thinks, everyone thinks his name is Isaac Teller. Yes. That's the, nine out of 10 people in this movie, and that might be the actual count, call him Teller. But, but we old, all know already that he's Zalman. Yeah. And the old Nazi calls him Zalman eventually. Oops, spoiler, there's Nazis in this movie. <laughs> So Elizabeth wants her uncle, Zalman, to appraise some estate stones. And Zalman wants to go out to dinner after work. This is before I, I missed that it was his niece. And I was I like, I thought he was sitting on her. Yeah, okay, good. I'm not crazy. I was like, uh, <laughs> Isaac is trying to get with Elizabeth here. Or I thought they were like, it could have been his wife. Like, I had no idea how wealthy this guy was or how much money he had. Like, she's not maybe. that young. I mean, you know, maybe 20 years younger than him. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you're right. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was just like his assistant that he was trying to get with. Could have been. Yeah. But anyway, she agrees. Uh, the pilot then goes and finds a Mr. Schechter, says his name is Vladimir Yukov. Unnecessary. It's an, it's an alias. He's got he's got another disguise and another alias. It's just like they bought like a kit, a disguise kit, and they had to use them all. They like, put like one of those fur hats on him. <laughs> A big, thick Stalin mustache. Yeah. They switched out his mustache and gave him a fur hat. Um, Schechter gives him Teller's address while someone takes pictures in Which the distance. We, we never... is Who is taking pictures in the distance? Is that FBI? No, we, we find out. We do? Yeah, baby. That was something I was looking for and I didn't find out. Who says it? Who does it? We call him the photographer. So there's the pilot, there's the photographer, and there's the electrician. Oh, okay. I know the electrician. I don't know the photographer. Oh, yes, you do. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. So Zalman and Elizabeth are now at dinner. And Zalman starts talking about Elizabeth's dead parents. She rolls her eyes. <laughs> as, as you do when people bring up your dead relatives. She's like, like, come oh, on. Ah, jeez. This again. And he's like being sentimental. He's like, you know, I took in, took you in after your parents died. And she's like, Jesus Christ, this again. She's like, wrap it up, old timer. Uh, he then gives Elizabeth a design for diamond cutting uh, that he developed in Auschwitz called the Tolkowski, the Tolkowski method modification. Modification, yeah, because it's somebody somebody else's design that he's like well what if we cut it this way instead of this way it's a modification on a design yeah it's what the kids call a um uh useless plot plot point no 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 no. what do you call it when you take a rap song and you you or an old song and you oh. inject it in a rap song sampling uh sampling yeah i was gonna say is he gonna chop and screw this uh this diamond is that how you cut it yeah yeah, yeah. um so this uh elizabeth she's become a very good cutter but this design will make her a great cutter. Which I don't know how that works. Like you just do this thing and all of a sudden you're good at it. Uh, how does diamond cutting work? I don't I don't either. I was fascinated. I mean, you might think I know about it. I can tell you're skeptical that I even said that. But I, to be completely transparent, I know nothing about diamonds. <laughs> oh, the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point. Like, do you just figure out how to cut a thing a certain, like you just follow the directions of how to cut something and that makes you a great cutter? 
I guess, but that doesn't make sense. That's like getting a paint by numbers thing and being like, ah, I'm Picasso. I'm a great now. painter. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, if everyone knows he survived Auschwitz, why don't they assume he might have a new name and would not want to be found? <laughs> Joe. Yeah. That's unnecessary. When Nazis are involved, all logic goes out the window. Uh, the pilot finds Teller's shop and it's closed. And this blonde guy is still taking pictures of him. The photo- How did I miss the photographer? The photographer. He's a big role. He, he comes back into play. Uh, Elizabeth invites Zalman to Ruth Mueller's rosary. But Zalman isn't up to it. Um, I also didn't know that they called it a rosary. That's not... I mean, you don't call it a rosary. No. <laughs> She's Jewish. I, mean, a... so I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, hold on. That was something... Uh... Because I know, that's what I thought it was supposed to be Shiva. I thought they were supposed to sit Shiva or something, but I was like, "Mm, I don't know about this. But then Catholics, I don't think it's called, the the ceremony is called a rosary. There's a rosary in Catholicism, but it's like a, uh, it's like a necklace. Yeah, Yeah. beads. So yeah, I don't know what this is supposed to be. I don't either, but it looks a lot like a uh, sitting Shiva, a Shiva ceremony. Oh, wait, hold on. Here we go. The Catholic rosary is usually held the evening before the funeral mass. Mm. So it is it is kind of like where the friends and family gather in the home, but then the actual funeral is the next day. So we're to assume that the Mueller's are Catholic, I guess. I guess. <laughs> For all this to make a lick of sense, they have to be Catholic, Joe. Uh, and I have no idea why Elizabeth and Zalman know them. Anyway... Uh, Shepard is hitting a punching bag while thinking about Ruth Mueller's terrible acting. Why is Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris, like, he gets a script and they're like, all right, you have to be introspective and think here. And he's like, all right, I'm going to be working out while I do it, just so you know. Because it's been like a force of one uh, and he's got a workout scene in the middle of, because it's not even a montage. It's a workout scene in the middle of um, Hero and the Terror. Yeah. And then this one, he's got to think while boxing, while shadow, or, uh, Speed bagging. Look, the guy has to fit in eight to ten hours of exercise a day. And if they happen to be shooting, they happen to be shooting. But it's just the way it's going to be. Oh, you think this was just they filmed him working out because they're like, Chuck, we got to film you thinking. And he's like, well, it's boxing time. So it's boxing time. <laughs> they're like, all right, we'll make it work. Um, Shepard, it worked wonders in a force of one. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, Shepard makes an appearance at the shiva <laughs> let's just call it a shiva it, it, it doesn't make any sense that this random person is not only catholic but doing uh, i'm catholic i've been to a catholic funeral i didn't even in the last four years i didn't even know what this was i never right. even heard of this before and everyone looks jewish there i'm sorry it's it's clearly a shiva everyone there Joke is jewish Satan. Yeah, no, I wonder if that was one of the things that because remember i said they had to tone down i mean for lack of a better term uh tone down the 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 jewishness maybe this was supposed to be a shiva and they just make it a rosary because then they're like well if we make it a catholic thing even though it's clearly jewish they can't say it's anti-semitic yeah exactly they're they're like we gotta cut out no it's like you know how you cut like that way we can keep in the parts where everyone's asking to get uh, another tray of soup (laughs) 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 and they're all they're all singing the song that he was singing while he was shaving yeah just okay just medium (laughs) um 
but it could be like, you know, they you, you hear these things about movies being submitted and they're rated R and then they have to go in and cut stuff out. Uh-huh. Maybe they this movie in the ADL was like uh, 10% less, please. Yeah. <laughs> However you do it, we don't care. Get it done. They had their finger sitting over a button that said anti-Semitic and they were like, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm getting, uh, getting close. Uh, so he's there. Shepard ends up at this thing. But he won't accept the money he was paid. He just wants to he just wants to serve as a reminder that their daughter might still be alive if they'd hired somebody else. <laughs> That's right. He's like, hey, you know what? I wasn't worth the effort. I know that. You guys didn't know that. Really? That one's uh, how that right one's here, right here in this casket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exhibit A. Um yeah, he won't accept the money. He's like, start a charity or a, a what a foundation or something. He said start a, a um, scholarship. Shit, that's what it is. Um, he apologizes to fake Judy Dench, who doesn't know how to cry. He just, she's at her daughter's. This is important. <laughs> she's at her daughter's rosary. <laughs> and Shepa. and uh, Shep comes up to her. Offers his condolences, and she's just kind of like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Sounds good. <laughs> Joe, that's, see, that's where I know it's Catholicism, because, I mean, she's got, she's got, like, 12 other kids. Oh, right, yeah, this is just a drop in the bucket. <laughs> this, she's like, good, uh, I was getting tired of uh, helping pay her rent, so. Uh. Right. Um, Elizabeth is doing a diamond deal at the rosary. <laughs> this is insane. She's doing a deal. She's an exchange of diamonds in a bag. She's using a funeral as cover for purchasing of questionably legal diamonds. (laughs) Right, uncut diamonds. Yeah, we don't know where these diamonds came from. Uh, And no one's saying anything. (laughs) Everyone's just watching it like, huh. They're like, yes, that's correct, that's correct. Uh, The pilot tells someone over the phone to kidnap the niece, which we can only assume is Elizabeth. Then he arrives at Zalman's house. He pretends to want Zalman to appraise the stones that he's brought. He tells him he's got two two diamonds. Mm-hmm. He wants them appraised. Uh, and he gets him, that alone gets Zalman to jump in the car. Dude, he's like, diamonds? Diamonds? They're diamonds. diamonds, you say? Uh, <laughs> um, Shepard is stalking Elizabeth. They kept the diamonds being a Jewish lure in the movie, but they got rid of the, the shiva and made it a rosary. Right, yeah. <laughs> Clearly they were thinking straight here. Um, sh- no, they made the diamonds a central pl- plot point. That's right. <laughs> like like the, the man's un, uninsatiable quest for more diamonds. Uh, like, yeah, the only way they could have made this like more anti-Semitic is he just kept if he just kept referring to them as being like worth a lot of shekels. Yes. <laughs> like, this is so much anti-Semitism in this movie. Good God. And, and markups. <laughs> yeah. Endless markups. And haggling over the diamonds. <sighs> maybe it's fine. Maybe he gets, no, he gets there and he sees them. He's like, yeah, they're all right. I guess. Um, you said 500 carats. I was thinking 500 carats. I mean, <laughs> well, now I come here, I look, and they're, you know, maybe they're 450, maybe they're 45. Uh, Shepard is stalking Elizabeth. <laughs> he's in his car. He's stalking Elizabeth. He is. 
Um, but two men kidnap her before he can, so he chases them down in his blue electrician's van. How does he know to... St- I, I don't understand, like... It's just, like, pure, like, luck that he is stalking this woman who gets kidnapped? No, dude, he was going to kidnap her. Okay, he was going to kidnap her. But it, someone else got there first, and he's like, oh, now I, I, I'm i the good guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, now I have to help. Now I have to help. Or he's like, damn it, they got her. i got to chase her down. <laughs> He's like, that's mine. <laughs> He's yelling at the... Um, lots of car ramming is going on and shooting and hydroplaning. No shifting. They stay in the same gear every time for the whole thing. Yeah, they're both going about 60 miles per hour. And he's down, just like behind them. Down these alleyways. Kidnappers think they lost Shepard, but he comes out of nowhere and T-bones him. Yeah, I don't know how he does that. It's like his car, he goes 120 while they're going 60 to go up and around. And, and then, around, because he was right behind him. And they're like, oh, yeah. this. But then he must have, like, yeah, gone all the way in, a like, three sides of a square. <laughs> yeah, and uh, no, it just works. Uh, lots of car... Ra- oh, I said that. Uh, kidnapper... Oh, I got that one, too. One kidnapper runs off with Elizabeth, and Shepard shoots the other one to death. That's right. Just cold blood in the middle of the street. <laughs> middle of the street, and then he kind of just goes, all right, and he starts jogging after the other one. Um, Elizabeth kicks the guy in the balls and then runs off. Uh-huh. He tries to shoot her, but Shepard shoots him first. Yes, this is one of the many times in this movie where he shoots and kills somebody, uh, kills. The second time we find out he's wearing a vest, but this time the guy is presumably actually shot. Not a drop of blood, Joe. No. <laughs> Not a single drop of blood. Nope. Um, no. So she drops the bag of diamonds, and he picks it up. Uh, but he also says, hey, ma'am. And then she's still running off. Um, and he's like, hey, ma'am, could you come back here and get in my van? <laughs> yes, I, that blue van you, that was chasing you. Could you help me load a couch in my van? <laughs> <laughs> I've got candy. If that works for you, whichever one works for you. Uh, my arm's broke. There's no cast on it, but it, it totally is. I can't do it myself. I broke it saving your life. You have to help me. Now you have to help me. Um, so the police show up, but Shepard tells them to relax because he's the good guy. That usually works. <laughs> Don't mind the bodies. <laughs> yeah, I'm the good guy. And the cops are like, okay, I just let you go. Oh, you should have started with that. Yeah, uh, my bad. I don't sorry know. It for pointing these for- guns. sorry so sorry about pointing the guns at you sir so sorry um the kidnapper pops up and tries to shoot the police but he gets gunned down shepherd says now that was the bad guy okay couple things joe Mm -hmm. uh one the chuck norris like climbs this little retaining wall that's maybe three and a half feet high they definitely sped that up they 100 percent sped that up because everything got all really jerky for a second as he jumps it Oh, he jumps the wall? Yeah. So what happened is there's a little retaining wall, maybe three and a half, four feet high. Chuck Norris does a little like up and over, but they like double speeded it because you could tell he was just like, uh, let me just slide over off of this. Dude, I thought that wall, I just, I didn't even notice the cut and I just assumed the wall was like a foot and a half high. No, it's a pretty high, <laughs> it's a pretty high wall. And he like speed jumps over it. And then the bad guy, they shoot him and he like jumps over the wall. Oh, right, right, right. Um, editing baby when you got a uh, 85 year old main star <laughs> yeah do what you can 
do what you can. Uh, location, military, text. <laughs> Federal building, Spokane, Washington. <laughs> such, a, such an uninspiring location. And they keep reminding us. <laughs> Spokane, it's like, make it Seattle if you're going to go that far. It's such a forgettable place. They have to remind us every 10 minutes we're there. It's like setting a movie in Santa Barbara and it's like Oxnard. It's like, oh, come on. No, but never even outside of Santa Barbara. It would just be like Santa Barbara Aquarium. (laughs) Freebirds, Santa Barbara, California. Oh, man. Yeah, this is a wild thing. Um, Spokane. Spokane. Uh, uh, There's an FBI agent who I believe is Parks. We find out now. Yeah, Parks is the FBI agent, mm-hmm. and he's talking about the pilot. Apparently, this guy can speak foreign languages fluently. I hope they're not counting Russian or Hebrew. <laughs> he's no, used... Get his ass. Yeah. Get it. I got him. Uh, he's used 13 different names that they know of, but only one that we know of. Joe, and 13 different and I'm names. Not, I'm not counting Dirk. I was going to say 13 different names, but they say eight. Dis- there's eight disguises. So, I mean, some of these guys have the exact same. Some of these names have the exact same disguise. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And we've only seen like two disguises, right? There's mustache and then there's Russian mustache. There's there's beard. I think we've seen beard at this point, too. Yes. Russian is beard. OK. And mustache was before that. OK. When he's just flying into town, he doesn't need to be having a, any disguise. He's just he, in the airport. He does pull out glasses later. Oh, Maybe yeah. That's his greatest disguise. <laughs> hey, it worked for uh, Superman. Uh, yeah, he's a master of disguise. Uh, he has a fake mustache and everything. That's what I put in my notes. <laughs> it's incredible. It's, this, it's just so funny. They show the shots of him, and it's like, here he is bald. Here he is. It's like somebody used a, a, an app. Yeah, one of them, he looks exactly like Dan. Does he? He looks exactly like Dan. Um, in one of these pictures they throw up. It's like, he's bald, he has a mustache. He looks like Dan from Force of One. Joe, you mean Rollins. Dan Rollins, yes. I call him Dan. We're on, we're on good terms. You're on good terms. I call him the mayor. He has no name. It's just his position. <laughs> the mayor. Uh, FBI agent recaps the archaeological heist and the mm-hmm. murders of those people. Uh, but I'm not sure why we have to relive it. Yeah, they do that a lot in this movie. They're like, remember that thing from like 20 minutes ago? Here it is again. <laughs> in case you forgot. Because this movie moves so fast and so furious that, you know, if you don't, if you blink, you might miss something. Yeah. You, you ever see Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? It's a lot like that. A lot like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. You just, you'll miss it. Like, you have to, you have to be paying attention. It's better the second time you watch it and you know what to look for. Right. Yeah. You can pick up more things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and thankfully, they give you the second time to watch it in the first time you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Breastplate of Aaron is one of Israel's most shared, no, shared, sacred, sacred. and heavy artifacts. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, Joe. Um, which is true, actually. There's nothing to joke about there. It is a it is a true thing, although it also doesn't exist. I was going to ask if it, there is an actual breastplate of Aaron or if it's like the Ark of the Covenant sort of thing where it's, it's like. That's what it is. Yep. Or the, uh, the Holy Grail. 
holy grail right yeah for for you know us gentiles right um the pilot brings zalman to a secret location and shows him the stones asks what design he has in mind uh zalman asks what design uh the pilot has in mind. The pilot shows him four variations that are not actually being considered, leading to the reveal of the Tolkovsky modification. And Joe, so what have we had in this movie? We've had plain gibberish. We've had car gibberish. We've had what other kind of gibberish? We had. I feel like we had some sort of martial arts gibberish at some point. We had bomb gibberish. Bomb gibberish. We got diamond gibberish. Now we got diamond gibberish, baby. <laughs> He's like, oh, this one is this design. This one is this design. A king's this... head design. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even bother writing them down. I just wrote diamond gibberish because I don't care. That's what I wrote too. I didn't get all of them. Um, also, they don't matter because they're not actually being considered. This is yeah, all there's... like an elaborate ploy. Like, it's all a ruse. There's so many unnecessary ruses in this movie to just yeah. waste time. Like, he knows. Yeah, because this is all to reveal that uh, Dirk... Our good friend Dirk knows that Teller is Zalman. And made the Tchaikovsky modification in Auschwitz, yeah. Yeah, because that's when he takes off his disguise. Yes, and and stops his accent. (laughs) I call this the most unnecessary psych-out I've ever seen, but there's way more later on. Yeah, because Joe, he's supposed, he takes off his disguise. Like, Zalman's supposed to be like, oh, it's you. Like, it's just like, guy I've never seen. <laughs> yeah. It's like this guy I've never seen before looked like this other guy that I've never seen before, but now he looks different. And this is, means something to me somehow. Also, does he talk German in the scene or does he just go straight to English? I think he speaks German in this scene when he talks about, uh, dirt before he reveals the Auschwitz tattoo. But not his Auschwitz. He reveals Zalman's Auschwitz. Zalman's, yeah. I think he said something about... Uh, or maybe I'm getting mixed up with the other scene where it's like your past is coming back to find you or something, but it's in German. Does he say that or does the Nazi to, say uh, the, To the Nazi, the Nazi in the Nazi, very yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he doesn't do to Zalman what he does to the Nazi. Right. Um, uh, I said this is the most unnecessary psycho, but at least we don't have to listen to this guy's piss-poor Russian accent anymore. So that's a good thing. Joe, it's a great Russian accent. And you're right, he does say German here, because they say the pilot starts barking in German and holding up Zalman's Holocaust tattoo, which seems problematic. <laughs> yeah, really not the type of thing you want to put on film in 2005. Yeah, this guy's getting canceled. It Joe, has... Joe, Nazis, do better. Do better, guys. <laughs> do better. better. Don't, don't be Nazis in 2005. Uh, it has an A in it. And I'm, I say I'm pretty sure. I'm absolutely sure they only use numbers. <laughs> okay, so it's it's not like A for Auschwitz. No, <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> no. There's no like decoder like you have for vehicle identification numbers. Yeah, it wasn't like A for Auschwitz <laughs> and like S for Sobibor. <laughs> Nothing like that, huh? No. Um, Joe, I have I watched a documentary that. Uh, says otherwise the was it called the cutter <laughs> it's called the cutter it's from 2005 um elizabeth arrives home to discover zalman is missing she works through the trauma in the shower very important she's not totally naked she is totally naked but she's not like you just see like right past the neck like that's yeah. that classic shot it's but another 
it's this movie has made for TV movie vibes again, so they couldn't show too much of it. Yeah, they try to keep it as PG, PG-13 as possible. But also, like, why? Why does she have to be in the shower? Because she had to have a, I wrote, a split-second raid shower because he was kidnapped. Uh, location. <laughs> <laughs> Just moving on. Spokane Police Department. <laughs> Just keep reminding us where we are, guys. This is kind of, you know what this movie is? It's kind of like taking um, a bus tour in a terrible location. Like if you went to like Birmingham, Alabama, <laughs> and you took a bus tour around Birmingham. Here's the Walmart. Here's, here's the, the uh, Birmingham Police Department. <laughs> that's right. It reminds me of when I used to do tours of the Presidio, uh, the, the, the fort. And we'd like leave the Ford area and I'd be like, that's a sandwich place. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I think this is, is it's there was one incredulous uh, like a movie executive who was watching it was like, okay, so we're in Spokane now, but we're going to Seattle, right? We can't just stay in Spokane. (laughs) So every time they change the locations, he's like, now are we in Seattle? They're like, no, we're still in Spokane. He's like, I feel like this is going to confuse people. You need to remind them that this is still Spokane. He's just like insistent they're going to end up in Seattle. (laughs) um right yeah so Shepard says he doesn't know the girl but parks isn't buying it he corrects parks's claim that he took out two guys he actually oh yeah Shepard corrects parks's claim that he took out two guys he actually only took out one joe he's a liar i'll say it you can't trust him so there uh, Parks says, oh, boy, you just think you're real funny, don't you? Shepard says, about as funny as your questions are stupid. Someone pull these guys off each other. Joe, this is a real verbal tete-a-tete. It's like a, it's like I'm watching two people just a roast battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so two of the greats um, going back and forth. Where's Nick Cannon? Because they're wilding out, Joe. They're wilding. <laughs> <laughs> they're wilding out. Wildin'. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shepard's Hawaiian show. <laughs> hey, this is the best scene. This might be my favorite scene in the is movie. Jimmy, is Jimmy Buffett attorney that just yes. rolls in? <laughs> Shepard's Hawaiian shirt wearing lawyer pops in, just takes Shepard away <laughs> while he's insulting Moore, who's one of the detectives. Um, and uh, yeah, he's like he's like the lead detective, local detective. His name is Eddie. The yes. Jimmy Buffett lawyer. Yes, we get Eddie's name. And this is he's in this. Is this the only scene he's in? Uh, yes. But but his place shows up is is a key location over the rest of the movie. So he could have just been anything. Could have been anybody. <laughs> this could he could have worn a normal suit. Like, yeah, he could have been a normal character that's been going out of town because Eddie does not play in in the rest of the movie. Right. But instead, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Because he's going to paradise, where they bury pigs in a volcano. Which, Joe, pretty sure that's not a good cooking method. Yeah, I don't think that's how luau's work. Yeah, you don't bury it in a volcano. You would die. Um, yeah, someone's like, hey, wait, that was our food. <laughs> <laughs> they throw it in the volcano. They're like, oh, right. Okay. Right. This is how those people feel when their marshmallows catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to shake the pig. Real fast and blow it out. Blow it out. Uh, Shepard asks where Eddie keeps the batteries for his shirt. This guy's on fucking fire. <laughs> no, from deep. 
He's he's shooting his shot, and it every single one is going in. It's just net, baby. I felt like I was watching the Comedy Central roast of Hugh Hefner, Joe. Just they were fast and furious. Fast and furious, baby. Um, More terrible banter. I refuse to write down. Then Shepard invites himself to stay at Eddie's place. Yeah, like, because he's just like, hey, you're not going to use it. Also, people are trying to blow up wherever I am. So can that be your place? (laughs) Well, Eddie says something like, uh, you know, the press are going to be all over your place. And he's like, you're right. And then he holds out his hand. Shepard does. Holds out his hand. And Eddie's like, and he, like, gives him the keys. But you got to imagine Eddie's like, I didn't mean that. (laughs) (laughs) I was just commenting that you're going to have a lot of press at your place. Um. Now we meet Elena, who's at least 50 and still looks 20 years younger than Norris. Uh, Shepard plays coy about not knowing who the gypsy Ukrainian caller was. This is the first we're hearing about any of this. <laughs> also, Joe, he goes, he goes, well, what does he sound like? He goes, gypsy, gypsy Ukrainian. Like this guy is like, like well-versed on, on, uh, on accents. Right. Yeah. This lawyer. Um, also, the thing about gypsies, the Roma people, is they're itinerant. They live everywhere. There's no such thing as a yeah, gypsy they're accent. Yeah, there's no gypsy accent because it's the accent of wherever they are. Right. Like, we had um, different gypsies in the last movie, right? Or, like, in a few movies back. Didn't we have a group of... Oh, Breaker Breaker. They were country right. western gypsies. Yeah, they, they, were, they were cowboy gypsies. Yeah, they exist all over. Uh... But it turns out... Dips on that Halloween costume, Joe. What, the cowboy gypsy? The cowboy gypsy. (laughs) Uh, Turns out it was Elena who was this gypsy woman. And her and Shepard used to date, and none of this matters. (laughs) Just more, they just love, they're bringing up all these background details that just have no importance on the movie whatsoever. But we're supposed to feel like we're supposed to know them. Yeah, well, because they bring it up like we just overheard a gypsy woman call in. Yeah, exactly. Or if or if, if there's a cop like, okay, 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 all right, then we'll spring him, you know? But it's just like all of a sudden, it's just out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, didn't you say there was some gypsy woman that called uh, a little while back? It's like, yeah, I did say that, and everyone knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> as, as far as anybody knows, if anybody asks. <laughs> so now we get the pilot, and he is breaking into Zalman's home. And he cannot find the whiskey glasses that they left behind. Uh, and so he know, does what every normal person does when they break into somebody's home. Well, you know you have a problem when you kick a coffee table in half because someone cleaned up your mostly finished glass of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a big problem. Uh, this this movie is actually going to end on a uh, there's an alternate ending where it ends on a, an intervention for the pilot. <laughs> for the, pilot. Yeah. Yeah, the electricians. He comes into a room. The electricians there. <laughs> The photographer. <laughs> They're like, well, we didn't really know anybody else. So it's like the rabbi is there from the synagogue. <laughs> it's just like, these are these are all the people that were in your phone book. Yeah, he's like, also, you don't have a lot of alive friends. So they bring all the dead archaeologists. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, see, this is what happens when you drink. <laughs> yeah, this is, you, this you, is what you do. You weren't supposed to kill the last lady. You kept her alive for a reason. But then you were all drunk, and that's what happened. Then the alcohol took hold. That's right. It's a monster. 
It's a monster. Uh, Moore and Parks show up at Elizabeth's work, and they insinuate that she stole the estate diamonds that she lost by arranging an elaborate kidnapping car chase scene. Yeah, of course. Uh, their evidence is that she stabbed a guy who tried to mug and rape her once. That was, yeah, that was really, again, one of the things where it's like, is this a sequel? Like, is this, is there a movie that comes right before this? Because I feel like there's a lot of setup we don't get. Also a very bizarre claim. Like, uh, you killed a guy. Or no, he didn't even say he killed him. You defended yourself with a knife against a guy who was attempting to rob, I'm assuming violently, her uncle and rape her. Mm-hmm. But she's <laughs> so, so defiant about you're a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's like, she's basically like, I'll do it again if they try to rob my grandfather and rape or, and rape me. Yeah, my <laughs> uncle. Like, I'll do it again. I have no remorse for defending my fuck. life. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. Um, Parks thinks she's dirty as she's walking out. He's like, she's dirty, but she takes a lot of showers. At least one in this movie. She's taken confirmed one movie. One, oh, two. Confirmed two showers to zero for everybody else in this movie. Correct. <laughs> the pilot checks in on Zalman. Demands he starts cutting. Zalman refuses. Zalman survived four years in Auschwitz and 36 minutes of this movie. So you cannot threaten <laughs> him. <laughs> the pilot shows Zalman a yellow envelope, which means he has Elizabeth, I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. Which means Zalman decides to play ball. No, it's and what's actually inside the folder is just a note that says, please, you're being so mean. <laughs> yeah. Also, we don't need a flashback to remember that this is the Tarkovsky. What is it? Tarkovsky? No, it's not Tarkovsky. Ah, see, so you blew it. You're like, I we know exactly it. what this is. Tarkovsky. Who cares? Tarkovsky Tolkovsky modification design. But we get one anyway. We get a flashback. They're in the restaurant. He's explaining it. Yada, yada. Uh, we also don't need a flashback to remind us that Auschwitz was not a fun time. We see a guard hitting him as he cuts the diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> it, was so, it was like a rolled up newspaper. Yeah, he's like, bad. <laughs> bad you. <laughs> I was going to say it, but then I was like, I have to wait for you to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just a while. Like, like. Okay, we all know what Auschwitz is, but it's like if you don't know what Auschwitz is, it's like getting mildly smacked on the back of the head with the newspaper. And is this supposed to be traumatizing somehow? Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not yeah. exactly the, the most graphic depiction of Auschwitz I've ever seen. No, no. It's, it's a guy working on a cu- diamond cutting in a room. And his boss poorly, is a jerk. Poorly lit, but his boss is going overboard with the newspaper against the head. Yeah. Um. Right, because they could have done the scene that gets described later, which is, sounds like a horrifying That situation. is more along the lines of what I would expect from Auschwitz. But instead, they go up with the rolled up newspaper, hitting him on the back of the head. Um, location. Military text. Spokane. No, Vienna, Austria. Oh, wow. We get to nice. take a little vacation. Or as they call it, the Spokane of Middle of Middle Europe. <laughs> the Spokane of Eastern Europe. Um, uh, the pilot has called the old German guy again. The translated subtitles translates Juden to fool. 
So there's that. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That is amazing. Yep. <laughs> Old German guy is pissed that the FBI is involved. Yeah, it's really weird that Dirk calls his boss or Fuhrer. <laughs> but um, he says, "Hi, how you doing? Hi, <laughs> how you doing?" But if he's mad, you know what? That's his struggle. That is his struggle. That's all of their struggles. To or get his, good re- good reception. <laughs> his comp, as it were. <laughs> the pilot pressures the old... Yeah, do you only know two German words? Mine and comp. <laughs> I know the. Because he says the Bart the. <laughs> the Bart the. Um, yes, this old German guy is pissed that the FBI is involved. The pilot pressures the old guy to get the breastplate authenticated. This is kind of just a scene to move things along. Uh, Elizabeth visits Shepard at his apartment. Shepard watches from the window, then positions himself to pull off a really sweet prank. Okay, this might be my favorite scene. (laughs) Go for it. So Elizabeth demands her diamonds back. Shep says, what diamonds? Elizabeth says, the diamonds he stole in the park. Shep says, stole? From who? (laughs) Shep forces Elizabeth to describe the diamonds. She says they're rough, but never counted them. Uh, They're rough and uncut, but she never counted them. Shep says, let me get this straight. You're looking for diamonds that you can't describe, and you don't even know how many of them there are? And you want me to believe they're yours? Elizabeth (laughs) snaps at this point because... She feels what we're all feeling, like, this is not going to end until someone calls him on this. Yeah, it's just like, okay, I get it. I get it. But the way that he acts is, like, a way that I'll act if I, like, have something of, of Kate's, like, in my hand. I'll be like, what are you talking about? I don't have this thing. As I'm, like, waving it in her face as a joke. It's also, like, old man. I don't know. He comes off so old with this. This is, like, an old guy's idea of a really funny joke. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that it's what I think is a funny joke tracks, you know, an old guy. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it tracks. It seems like it's something to be more fun to do than watch someone else do. In a That's movie correct. It's correct. Um, Elizabeth snaps, understandably. Shep chuckles. The ruse is up. <laughs> He's like, oh, you got me. I got your diamonds. Uh, Elizabeth takes Shep at his word that there were only 13, but counts them just to be sure. That didn't make any sense. Like, why? Because <laughs> she's like, wait, there's 12 in here. He's like, oh, there must have been 12 diamonds then. Like, what does she do then? Well, but he, okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, why would he have said 13 if there were 12? Yeah, exactly. But, she like, whatever. Number. <laughs> yeah, whatever number he says. Like, even if it's different, she'll be like, you said there was 13. He's like, yeah. She's like, there's 12. He's like, Okay, then there's 12. Like, how are you going to double check this? Like, what's what's your plan here? Right. Yeah. She said she didn't count them, so she doesn't know. Stupid. Whatever. Um, Elizabeth asks Shep to track down Zalman, but Shep assumes he's just out having gross old person sex with his girlfriend. That's right. You know what they say about old person sex? Not too hot. Not, <laughs> Not too cold. cold. Just okay. Just okay. Um... Shep charges nothing if he doesn't find him. $20,000 if he does. 
That's crazy. That seems high. That seems like a lot, especially because he's been gone 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Chuck Norris just like calls somebody like, hey, have you seen him? It's like, yeah, he like, uh, he's just down here. He's been hanging out. Like, can you come get him, please? Like, that'll be $20,000, please. But on the plus side, if he accidentally kills the guy in the process, it's no charge. Yeah, it's free. It's through direct uh, action or negligence if he dies. It's it's no charge. Elizabeth says Plus expenses, you know, he's running a business. Right, right. Not, you got I mean, that's just that's a fixed cost. Uh Elizabeth says mazel and brucha, which means luck and blessings. This is true. Good for them. Uh Elizabeth brought the glasses in a Ziploc. So I guess Shep knows forensics now. Of course, Joe. That's how it works. <clears throat> he's gonna he's gonna uh, get it down to the team and have DMX call him when it's ready to go. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, an electrician shows up. Wait, did you mean? Um... No, I mean DMX. That's a Beyond the Law reference. Oh, a Beyond the Law reference. I was thinking Ludacris. Um, no. Who also I think knew forensics, but who knows? Uh, electrician. He knew, he knew whatever they needed him to know. Yes. For that scene in the <laughs> he's very the flexible in his intellect. Um, an electrician shows up with, with a ponytail and says there's a problem with the fuse box. And he has this whole ruse and story that just leads to him pulling a gun out of his toolbox. It was insane. He could have just knocked on the door and then Chuck Norris answered and had the gun in his hand and then just pulled the trigger. Yep. There are many moments where they could have killed Shep in this movie and they didn't. All three of these guys, the photographer, the electrician, the pilot, they all had shots on Shepard and did not take them. Yeah, I mean, if they wanted him to die, he would have been dead. Yes. Uh, but then they're like, <laughs> the director's like, wait, he's really old. <laughs> so we got to make him last this whole time. Just like, I don't know, have a brain fart and run off. Yeah, just get scared for no reason. Uh, Shep kicks this gun away. Fight begins. Lots of kicking, punching, and sound effects. Joe, plenty of sound effects. Not quite as many as Steven Seagal, but still plenty of sound effects. Mm -hmm. The electrician cracks Shep's back for him. So Shep returns the favor by popping his ears for him. Uh, they're developing a friendship. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth breaks a vase over Ponytail's head, and he scampers off. Uh, but from a vase. Uh, photographs guy. Oh, the, the photographer is digging through Zalman's place. So you know, yeah, so we get another scene, cut scene to, and this is in my notes. I said, who's this asshole? Because I guess photographer. This, this is the photographer. Okay. Yep. Uh, Shep and Elizabeth arrive. They notice the broken table. Shep is very into the old photo of shirtless Zalman asks to borrow it. <laughs> it was, that was a very uncomfortable scene. Cause he's just like, is this a, is this a Zalman? She's like, yeah. He's like, can I use this to identify people? Identify him. And she's like, well, it was like seven years, years ago. ago. <laughs> it's like, all right, can I just have it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you want it. Uh, Which would be kind of weird. I mean, you're you're his niece. All right, how about this? Nineteen thousand dollars and the picture. <laughs> right. Shep <laughs> uh, asks how the Holocaust went for Elizabeth's family. Hint: not great. <laughs> yeah. 
Also, wait a second. I would just like to point out that it, is it weirder that he wants the photo of Teller or Zalman? Or Zalman just has a shirtless photo of himself from like 50 years ago. Both are very weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Chuck Norris's weirdness overrides the basic weirdness of seeing a shirtless man's frame photo. Of himself. Of himself. I would like I want him to like have They're not at the beach. They're riding a motorcycle. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not just like him at the beach. It's a front on photo. Like the like somebody took it from maybe three feet away of yeah. him on a motorcycle shirtless. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I don't know. That that's weird. Uh agreed. Shep uh Shep asks how she got into the jewelry business, and she tries her hardest not to blurt out Jew. <laughs> Joe, is five generations of droolers racist? I cannot figure it out. <laughs> it feels racist. It's certainly lazy writing. <laughs> That's for yeah. sure. Well, you know, my family did it, and um, really my people have done it for a very long time. <laughs> it's like, well, you know in the Bible how Christians aren't allowed to uh, charge uh, interest well, my family could kind of steamrolled into jewels and then cutting jewels. And you know how it goes. Yes, yes. Um, after Elizabeth's parents died, Zalman sent her to Antwerp to study with the masters or elders, if you will. <laughs> well, that's one joke that, I, that you took from me. Yep. Oh, did you have that on there? <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, well, it was more a, a uh, uh, I was going to say, what is this, like a, a secret cabal working behind the scenes of the diamond cutting industry? And with their fingers in various other socio-political you know, jars. Um, Elizabeth goes to get tea while the photographer guy sneaks up and tases Shep. Then he intimidates Elizabeth. Uh, the guy says, the photographer says, don't say a word. He'll be all right. And then he leaves. And then he leaves. <laughs> but Joe, Shep like gradually falls over. Like they couldn't have, they couldn't oh, have. Oh, he let himself Chuck down Norris. Yeah. He like, he like got to his knees. And he like, he was like, I'm not going to fall. He's like, I'll, I'll go to the ground, but at he my like, speed. He like lowers himself into a chair and yeah. <laughs> like sits there and huffs for a bit. And like, and then he kind of gradually gets on the ground. <laughs> That'd be great if it was like uh, he he stumbles back and then he hits a chair and then he like slowly sits in the chair and then he slumps (laughs) (laughs) and starts snoring. (laughs) He does that that old man thing where you cross your fingers and put them in front of your chest and then just gradually starts going. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck Norris is old, folks. He is an old man. Um, Zalman survived the Holocaust. But having to relive scenes from this movie is uh, in his head is testing his will to go on. <laughs> Joe, he can eat. <laughs> his brain can only block out this movie or the Holocaust. <laughs> and right now he's it's choosing neck and neck. Movie. He's choosing it's neck and neck. It's neck and neck. <laughs> uh, um, Shep takes Elizabeth back to Eddie's place. Um, even though he distinctly said no parties. He did. He said no parties. But, I mean, maybe an overnight guest. Is that a party? Two's a party. Three's a crowd. Um, 
Shep recounts his past failures as an investigator uh, <laughs> right after she's hired him. Yeah, I was like, 15000 After hearing this, can we do fifteen? He's like, so we've agreed on the 20000 Now let me tell you about the multiple people I found dead because I didn't show up in time. Real quick. One, no takesy backsies. Right. <laughs> Two, uh, no finding other uh, guys to find your uh, your uncle. So, sorry, you're stuck with me. Now let me tell you about all my failures. <laughs> it's my way or the highway. <laughs> Shep leaves. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's like, it's usually the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Shep leaves Elizabeth in Eddie's house, locks her in, and tells her not to answer the door unless it's him. Well, she, he says, don't answer the phone unless you hear my voice, too. Yeah, so he's basically, he's pulling a, um, what was that movie with Brie Larson? The Room? Yes, he's pulling or, a room. <laughs> or just Room. It's one I of the two. I think it's Room. He's, room. Uh, the Room is the bad one, but Room, yeah, Room is the Brie Larson. He's basically, like, pulling a room. He's he locked her in, this, in Eddie's place. All of a sudden, a child comes out. <laughs> like, this is also your son. You must take care of him now. Um. Yeah, so Shep, Shep leaves Elizabeth. Yeah, okay, I said that. Uh, now we're at the station, and Shep and Moore are analyzing the fingerprints. One is Zalman. The other is a chameleon, a man of many faces. And this is what I say, and holy shit, he was Dan. Because this is where the picture shows up where he's Dan. He just is Dan. Dan. He's, you mean Detective Rollins. You mean the mayor. So known as the mayor. Many aliases just for that alias. Joe, I would like to point out that they found Chuck Norris at the scene of this woman getting kidnapped with the diamonds. He should be a prime suspect. Yes. And they're just working with him because they know him. This is the, another time where he should be a prime suspect, but they're like, here's some back, some information that we have. Well, but his Hawaiian shirt lawyer showed up and just escorted him out. So they they figure, oh, we were we we're on the wrong trail the whole time. And the, the random gypsy Ukrainian lady called. So, you know, like they oh, is, say. Is that what that call was about? <laughs> yeah, it was springing him free for oh, some reason. Oh, okay. That actually makes a lot more sense now. Did you think some, like, Ukrainian lady was just calling the police department? Yes, I thought it was just some weird offshoot prank or something. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that makes a little bit more sense. Shep and Elizabeth, we get to cut to them now. Uh, they track down Moshe Schechter from earlier. That's uh, right. Which? But, what? Hell of a name. Moshe Schechter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but first the photographer finds him. Uh, stabbed through the heart. Okay, it's so Moshe mm-hmm. Schechter stabbed through the heart. He's face down in his um, uh, medium soup. It's his medium soup. <laughs> and uh, uh, the the pilot, <laughs> the pilot pops out, and they fight. So I, I got a mental image of his wife talking to the the like the deli guy, going, "Well, he only ate half." I mean, so you know. No, no, his his wife is giving a report to the police. <laughs> And they're like, so tell us everything you know. And he's like, well, my my, uh, we had gone to the deli the day earlier, and we got some chicken noodle, we got noodle, <laughs> we got some pickles and olives, and the soup when it arrives, it was it was just okay, it was all right. Uh, 
Um, so we asked, could they heat it up a little? And we send it back. They put it in the microwave, probably. And then they bring it back, and it's <laughs> it's okay. I mean, it's a little warmer, I guess. But uh, anyway, what you want to know is how it got, how the soup got back to our house. He's like, like no, <laughs> no, we do not. Thank you. We don't want to know any of this. Um, the pilot pops out. Okay, so the pilot's there, and he, and they start fighting. Him and the the pilot and the photographer start fighting. Uh, the photographer loses, and he gets his throat cut. Slash. Yeah. And uh, Joe. Yep. This is where I'd like to let you know. Mm-hmm. The photographer, we have seen his work before. Oh. I don't know if this qualifies as a cameo, Joe, but the photographer, uh, Anthony Malin, uh, he is played by one Mr. Aaron Norris. No, that's Aaron Norris. That's Aaron Norris, baby. Oh wow! Now I know why this person exists in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so for those, if this is your first episode, that is Chuck Norris's brother, just like it sounds, and he directs almost everything in the '90s that Chuck Norris does. Directed and produced, and I yeah. think probably co-wrote a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So he, now he's dead, Joe. He gets his send off in Chuck Norris's last movie. He only ever gets one line in this movie, too. They kept his lines limited, and he whispers it. He writes them, Joe. He doesn't say them. He pays people to do that. Right. Uh, Shep and Elizabeth arrive at the scene, and they find Schechter dead and the photographer bleeding out. The pilot pops out, kicks Shep. Shep shoots at him, and then he flees. That's right. And he tries to decide. He takes a look at Aaron Norris. He's like, yeah, you're toast. (laughs) <laughs> job mission accomplished um shep is getting his oh no the pilot whispers something to shep and you can hear hebrew but you can't hear the next two words uh shep is getting his arm treated in an ambulance afterwards mm-hmm. and his body is no longer that great gotcha it, yeah that's right <laughs> that's right you're bo- admittedly still better than ours, but your still- 75 year old body is closer to mine than ever before. <laughs> um, Parks mistakes Shep's wrinkles for scars and makes a comment about it. Yeah, it was very uh, I mean, I know why he's an independent contractor now, because you can't say this type of thing if you can report to HR. Right. Yeah. Very rude. Yeah. Rips all over his old wrinkled man body. Turns out the photographer had an alias, Anthony Mayland, but it's not his real name. So don't know why we need it. (laughs) Uh, Parks and Moore have a lover's quarrel in the hallway. Parks has been keeping secrets. Uh, Moore says they're partners, but Parks says he's in charge. Very, I didn't even bother caring about this. Joe. You, didn't, you didn't write down the, the lover's spat? Out no, in the I, I, I was like, okay, so this is that, like the South Park thing. It's like, this is my, okay, this is my jurisdiction now. It's like, all right, we're taking over here. This is my jurisdiction. It's just that. Well, we also find out that the photographer was tracking the breastplate for Interpol. And uh, they argue a little more. But Parks finishes by telling Moore to be careful. So they kind of make up. Like they uh yeah they they have a, a begrudging mutual respect at the end well you know how you get like really angry like maybe you have a, like an argument with your wife or girlfriend and then it gets really intense and you're like 
that's it. I'm I'm going for a fucking drive. I got to get out of here. And then your wife's like, be careful. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> way out. That's kind of what this was. All right. I was thinking it was more along the lines of like, you know, you can be my wingman anytime. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, location. Military text. <laughs> University of Spokane. Spokane. <laughs> you got the it. powerhouse of the Pac-12, Joe. The University of Spokane. <laughs> Shep reveals that the photographer said Hebrew ocean mesh pot before he died, which everyone knows means breastplate of judgment. Oh, yeah, Joe. Exodus. <laughs> Shep knows that's from Genesis. Oh, Book Genesis. Exodus. Sorry. Sorry. V- very impressive. Wow. He knows two of the most well-known books of the Bible. Slash the Torah. Jeff. Military text. <laughs> <laughs> Location. University of Spokane. Middle East Institute. They walked like 20 feet. <laughs> they walked up the stairs this is where where it says the first university of spokane they're walking upstairs talking about uh the breastplate and then literally they walk into a building (laughs) room in the building they're already in and that's yeah it's it's amazing joe it's incredible uh the professor shows shep and elizabeth pictures of the breastplate and gives a full history, which seems unnecessary since Shep is such, such an expert on all of it. He's a biblical scholar. scholar. He knows one all of his many skills. Yeah. Uh, the breastplate was worn by high priests. Each stone represented a tribe of Israel. And the priest in the picture is holding two stones. Which are just... Question, Joe. Mm-hmm. There are 12 tribes? Yes. Does that include the lost tribe? No. So there's 13 tribes. Yes. So there should be 13 stones. No. Because the lost tribe is a myth. <laughs> Joe. Joe. It, all, all of every religion is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to break this to you. But I, I was, I, that was an actual no, question. I mean, it's something that exists outside of Judaism. Like, Judaism doesn't talk about a lost tribe. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now I get it. Okay. Other people trying to... Yeah. So having having 12 stones is consistent with Jewish tradition. Yes. That's what I was asking. Okay, I didn't know about this. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. That's okay. Jeez. Don't cancel me, Okay. <laughs> Let me just uh, send a text real quick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Yosef. That's yes. mine. <laughs> Dr. Yosef. He's checking the, yeah, he's checking the stones. He's invited to examine the breastplate. On the, the, the breastplate with the stones. Yeah. He authenticates it all for the old, guy, uh, old German guy. Shep identifies the two stones. Oh, now we cut back to Shep because these are intercut. Yeah, I have a lot. So when it, there's intercut scenes, I have arrows that go through it. And there, yeah, there's a bunch of arrows on this. Shep, I, yeah. Shep identifies the two stones as the Urim and the Tumim. Very impressive, except that's not how you pronounce <laughs> Urim. <laughs> Joe, it's one of those things. He's only ever read it. He hasn't really talked about it with anybody before. You got to cut him some slack. There's, there's no... Y- 
Well, actually, there is a U sound in in Hebrew, but it's spelled completely different. Like if he'd seen it in Hebrew, he knows it's Urim, not Urim. Uh, but the, the the professor doesn't correct him on it, so I guess they're both good. equally ignorant. He's like, yes, he's like very good. Uh, these two stones were basically the first magic eight ball. Joe, stones Is, and pouch are the first magic eight ball. <laughs> we're we're getting it once a week now. We're just yeah. we're exactly writing the exact same things. And by the way, guys, we don't we don't communicate. We write these things completely separate. Yeah, yeah. our communications between podcasts are for this are this like movie's this movie's fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's insane. Uh, Doctor y- Yusuf. Yosef uh, asks how the stolen breastplate got into the old German guy's possession. Because he's like, yeah, wasn't this stolen like a few weeks ago? <laughs> he's like, hey, I saw this on the news. <laughs> this is like a big story. Yeah, this is a big story. It, it it's, like, it's pretty it's, much everything, the only thing anyone's talking about in Israel right now. Yeah, it's like it's like the Mona Lisa gets stolen and some guy shows up with the painting. He's like, hey, uh, this is a painting I did of my wife. Yeah. But also, is this the real Mona Lisa? (laughs) (laughs) Did I paint the real Mona Lisa? Um, uh, The old guy deflects and says he'll return it to the Israel Museum in due time. (laughs) Get it there. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Just get in this car. And so Dr. Yosef does. And he gets shot to death. (laughs) Joe, I feel like this is bad OPSEC on, on Dr. Yosef's part. Of what? Going to an old Nazi's house and and appraising. And then getting getting in the car. And then getting in the car. Yeah, because he's because he's like, uh, I'll I'll send you on a mission to turn it in eventually. Why don't you go get in this car? He's like, oh okay. Well, the, you see, the original plan was he was going to be say, uh, it'll get to the Museum of Israel real soon. Now, would you like to take a shower before you leave? <laughs> it's like. So they, he realized, oh, that's going to give it away. Let's just send him to the car. Yeah. Yes, Joe. Sending him to a method of transportation. <laughs> Jeff, that is not. <laughs> they they put Zalman in a cell by the train tracks. <laughs> These sick bastards. <laughs> oh, God. They're uh, tortuous. They are not nice people. These Nazis, not a fan. Not a fan not of a, them so far. They got a lot of uh, redeem- redemption. They, they, got a, they get on my good side. Yeah. They, they got a bit of a debt, a bit of a karmic debt, you might say. Yes. And you know how I feel about debts. <laughs> <laughs> Elena arrives at the station and Parks lectures her on Shep's interference. He threatens Elena into setting up Shep. By the way, Elena... Like, Parks is barely relevant in this movie. But Elena, why is she here? She doesn't need to exist. There's chunks of this movie that just don't need to exist. She's not a love interest, because that's what Elizabeth's for. It's Yeah, it's like she's supposed to be, like, she's a former love interest, but she's just there to just, like, get yelled at and, like, spring him from the thing. I feel like... I feel like his attorney could have just sprung him from the thing. And then and this part. Show, show her cleave in one scene for some reason. Oh, well, now we know why she exists. Uh, the pilot picked um, the pilot picked a cell. Oh, this is where I said the pilot picked a cell by the train tracks for Zalman. Dick move. 
<laughs> yeah, not a great move. Those Germans, they're not they're not very nice. It turns yeah. out. Uh, diamond gibberish. We get some more of that. Mm-hmm. Something he about head, he needs a head mechanism for the stone cutter, Joe. Of he course. Sa- he says something about cleavage. He does. In this, because it, uh, it helps with the the cleavage, the diamond cleavage. Yeah, something about cleavage. Zalman needs a head mechanism. Either Zalman's cooking up a scheme or he's getting horny. Either way, this movie just got interesting. <laughs> That's right. That's what I was thinking. A head mechanism, some cleavage, you know. You know. Uh, we're very mature. <laughs> Elena's blowing up Shep's phone, but he's more interested in his kidnap victim in the other room. Uh, Elizabeth breaks a water glass. Shep rushes to the rescue. Yeah, she. but Joe, before this, he there's a salad on the table and he picks out one crouton with his fingers from the salad. Does he eat it? Yeah, he's sitting okay. on the table on the coffee table. He picks out one crouton and is like, oh, and then it sticks it. So in four movies, this is the first time we've seen him eat. Is it? Yeah. No, because he ate the salad at the. Uh, no, at, he didn't. He had it in front of him. He just kind of moved it around. <laughs> I don't and think he ever put it in his mouth. And it's one crouton. That's what we saw him eat. One crouton through four movies. Um, but who needs to eat, really? Like nobody. It's unnecessary. It's like every day with some people. Oh, I gotta get food. I gotta eat. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. Grow up. <laughs> um. I have a big boy stomach. <laughs> Elena's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah. Elena applies eye drops at the restaurant before Shep shows up. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't understand either. It was, it was a weird moment. I wonder if it was one of the things like the camera's just rolling and the actress is like, oh, I need eye drops. Right. <laughs> I mean, it would make sense if she was like trying to garner sympathy through some fake sad story. But that's not what she does. No. <laughs> not what this is about uh elena's wearing a wire she tells shep that parks is going to make his life miserable if he doesn't back off but shep doesn't take it seriously elena flashes her cleave and the wire which is tucked uh conveniently in her cleave mm-hmm. and in exchange shep agrees to back off <laughs> yeah that, <laughs> if, really she's like uh yeah. he's uh, like all right you so, damn it you know my one weakness <laughs> and then she ruins a cup of coffee she doesn't need to drop the the wire in the she coffee dumps the wire in the coffee then tells shep all the fbi uh all that the fbi's dug up on isaac teller one he may be more than a simple kidnapping victim two she may have heard the word holocaust holocaust and Jeff, this cracks the case wide open. Joe, Chuck Norris. Well, first, <clears throat> first he goes to the rabbi. He goes to the rabbi. If there was, uh, ask him if there was someone from his congregation that survived the Holocaust. <laughs> Which is insane. This is 2005. This is 15 years ago. So, like, yeah. I understand people now are like, yeah, there's probably only, like, a handful of Holocaust survivors. This but he's, is 15 years ago. He's basically like, hey, you got any old Jews kicking around here I can talk to? Right. <laughs> the rabbi puts him in touch with Mrs. Rosen. Um, 
at least he asked more questions of Shep than he did of that creepy German guy. Yeah, the German guy who's nephew. like, I'm looking for all the old Jewish men you have. I am his nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Shep asks if anyone's been around asking questions. The rabbi tells Shep about the pilot asking for Zalman. Mm-hmm. With a Z. Which is an insane, an insane just like Zalman. With a Z. It's like, yeah, it starts with the Z noise. I don't know what, what you're going on about here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shep rushes to the... <laughs> this is the best part of the whole movie. I, no, this is a great scene. He rushes to the library to learn about the Holocaust. <laughs> he rushes to the library to go to, like, to put, like, Holocaust into Google. And just look at pictures and stuff. Um, because he's, like, every- looking around, like, do you, do you know about this? This is fucking nuts. This is crazy. <laughs> this shit's bananas. Um, because everyone knows about Ocean Mesh Pot, but who knows anything about the Holocaust? Yeah, exactly. His uh, his knowledge is, we'll say, incomplete. Scattered. Um, Shep checks an old Holocaust survivors list, but he cannot find Zalman's name. Uh oh. Uh, so Shep concludes that the Holocaust probably never happened. But <laughs> even if it did, the numbers were greatly exaggerated. <laughs> Dude, you say that now, but uh, there's some YouTube person out there probably is like, this guy said he was in the Holocaust. So I looked up all the names of everybody in the Holocaust. I guess he wasn't in the Holocaust. This guy in the movie <laughs> said that like he was OK. I understand everybody has like documentation and like videos and stuff. But have you seen The Cutter? Because there's a guy in that movie who claims <laughs> to be in the Holocaust, but then Chuck Norris goes and looks up a list, and he's not on that list. He's not on that list. So that's proof. That's I mean, look. But also, if it did happen, it was probably awesome. <laughs> that, look, that is my, yeah. I, I'm not saying that, you know, like, just I'm just asking questions. I'm not just making, asking I'm, questions. I just want to know, can somebody prove the Holocaust happened? Because this movie says it didn't, and I have the brain of a goldfish, so I'm just going to believe the first thing anybody tells me. Um, Shep and Elizabeth, next scene, uh, visit Mrs. Rosen, and they ask her about the cutters at Auschwitz. Mrs. Rosen says she knew all the cutters, for a price, of course. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. That would be awful. <laughs> um, she retells the story of Zalman's whole family, the wife and the kids being murdered on the orders of Colonel Spearman. Uh, she also tells how the wives of the Cutters were turned into whores of the SS. That's right. All of this would carry an impact if Shep or Elizabeth could muster any kind of emotion. Yeah. But alas. <laughs> this is Elizabeth's family. That she's hearing this story be told. This is her bro- blood relatives. And she's like, wow, that's crazy. Dude, Anyways. Most, <laughs> most people, most people like start to tear up a little bit just hearing stories about other people's families. Yeah. And it's she's like her whole family. This is why she didn't have like grandparents to visit and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, so are you done with the story? Because we had lunch? questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is. Whew, I mean, she like. She like looks at Chef. She's like, "Get a lot of this lady." Like, constantly. Also, this is more. Also, no, 
No, like, coffee cake or anything? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, we had coffee. It was coffee? I, ten, 10 degrees warmer. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. and But, um, but yeah, this is where I like how we went from Auschwitz being you get bonked on the back of the head with right. the newspaper <laughs> to your entire family is murdered in front of you and the re- entire rest of the camp. And your wife is prostituted on the camp. That's like, right, yeah. They really knocked it up a notch. On yeah, that. they really, they, baby steps. <laughs> it's just one day, it was crazy. And everyone who knows anything about the Holocaust, they know. It was crazy how fast it happened. One day, you're getting bonked on the back of the head with the newspaper. The next day, your whole family's dead. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Crazy. crazy uh all this talk of rape and murder jogs elizabeth's memory she mentions the tolkowski modification uh i don't know why any of this like makes her remember there's a lot of those weird logic jumps in this movie of like somebody saying something completely irrelevant and then somebody comes in and goes that reminds me the tolkowski modification it always comes back to the tolkowski modification Joe, this whole scene was like that. Yes. Chuck, Chuck Norris is like, Jewish guy, let me talk to the rabbi. Rabbi, do you know anybody that was in the Holocaust? Let me go talk to this Holocaust survivor. Yes, I know one specific <laughs> Holocaust survivor. <laughs> oh, it's like, I, he, like, it's like, like, he's like, all right, here's my my thought process. I'm going to go harass some Holocaust survivors. Instead of talking to people in this jeweler's community, I'm just going to go harass some Holocaust survivors and see what I can dig up. I'm just going to dig up their old (laughs) buried memories. Yeah. He's like, he pulls out a thing. He says, uh, so, um. I mean, they, (laughs) they dig up so much from this woman that she actually has to leave the room. Yeah. (laughs) That's how flustered she is. She's like, I can't be here anymore. Like Chuck Norris pulls up the records and says, like, we see here that you, uh, your whole family died in the Holocaust. Is that right? You know, you've got a lot of memories, but have you seen these pictures? <laughs> I blew them up on this giant poster board. <laughs> you can keep this if you'd like. I framed thing- this one. You know, yeah. this one it costs a lot of money. So I'm just saying maybe you put it up in a room or something. Um, Elizabeth says in order to do the Tarkovsky. Tolkowski. Oh, Tolkowski. The Toll House. (laughs) The Russian word. (laughs) Uh, Method modification. I just put TM here. Someone (laughs) would need specific equipment. So they head to the stores. Um, Oh, wait, wait. Shep already knows all about the Tolkowski modification. But he wants to hear what she knows about it first. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you remind Elizabeth of what that means? I mean, I know what it is, but for Elizabeth's sake, why don't you? And then I'll let no, you know. No, Elizabeth's saying it. He's like, he's like, well, you, I know. Oh, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell Mrs. Rosen about it? Yeah, that's <laughs> right, Mrs. Rosen. And it's like, and Elizabeth, if you get anything wrong, I'll let you know. I'll how, fill how, it in. Yeah, I'll fill it in. How about that? I'll be delicate. Um, Zalman just wants out of this movie. <laughs> I mean, sell. <laughs> no, it's movie. At this point, because they keep cutting back to him, he's got like his hands over his head. Like, he's like rocking and he's like collapsed. He's like, what have I done? When will it end? I'll never work again. <laughs> 10,000 plus scale isn't worth it. <laughs> um, the pilot gets a ride from the electrician. Selects his greatest disguise yet. Glasses. A pair of glasses. I wrote, Dirk puts on glasses. He truly is a master of disguise. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what, Jeff, though? They um they cut out the scene where he dresses in a giant turtle outfit and he goes, turtle, 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 turtle. <laughs> oddly enough, that oddly enough, that scene for this movie also filmed on 9-11. <laughs> so, you know, the turtle club scene was filmed on 9-11. Yes, you told yeah. me this. This you movie was it took him 10 years to make this movie, Joe. That this scene also filmed on 9/11. Filmed on 9/11. The pilot, uh, yeah. Okay, so the pilot goes to purchase a head mechanism from a store, and it's the last one they have. And he pays $3,400 cash, and then he hails a cab. And the lady doesn't think any of this is suspicious. Yeah, she's like, "Huh, this is a big piece of equipment. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He doesn't want a paper trail." He now cab. It's not the same car he showed up in. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this is probably fine. Oh, well, back to work. <laughs> um, he tells the cabbie to head to the Davenport Hotel. The cabbie says, or no, he says the, to head to the Davenport Hotel. The cabbie says, you mean the Davenport Hotel on Broadway? The pilot looks pissed. <laughs> He's not happy with that exchange. Dude, strong Argyle and diehard energy from this guy. Like, yeah. Like, Dirk clearly doesn't want to be talking to him, and he's just, like, chopping it up. He's like, ah, right. yeah. I'm pretty yeah. good at guessing accents. <laughs> Which is crazy offensive. Right. <laughs> um, Shep and Elizabeth are checking out stores. Uh, the old German guy arrives. Uh-oh. Uh, the cabbie tries to guess the pilot's accent. The pilot hates talkative cabbies. Um... This just in from the FBI. They know about Colonel Spearman and the Führer's Stone, which was cut into the Tolkovsky modification. <laughs> Does the Führer's Stone ever show up again, Jeff? No, but I love the, the, the Führer's Stone. It's such a... It sounds like something you... In a video game. Yeah. The Führer's like in Stone. Wolfenstein, in the new Wolfenstein. Yeah, you, you uh, when you kill Nazis, you get shards of the Führer's Stone. And if you kill enough, you get... You get the whole Fuhrer stone. <laughs> the whole Fuhrer stone. Uh, and then you've got to go to Spokane, Washington. <laughs> Joe, and that's where all that's where all fights against Nazism eventually end up is Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Washington. Uh, FBI connects this to the Teller kidnapping because yada yada yada. This, they that, just the bring other. up the Teller kidnapping in this. They're like, well, this means that. You think that Teller, the kidnapping? Well, like we've established, this is the sequel to a movie that was never made. Yes, there's a lot there's, of backstory we're missing here. Yeah, there's so much backstory we're missing. Sequel to a movie that, yeah, that's never been made. Uh, the FBI ter- determines that Spearman won't have the same face he had in 1945, because that was 60 years ago. That's how aging works. <laughs> Hey, he's not going to be walking around with this face, is he? No, I don't think so. <laughs> not like Chuck Norris, who walks around with a picture of Teller from 60 years ago and is like, do you know this guy? <laughs> no, 60 years ago. Yeah, shirtless Teller. Yeah, he's like, do you know this guy? He's like, yeah, that's Teller. And he's like, I can't believe that worked. I I would <laughs> I would know that body anywhere. <laughs> that's, that's Isaac Teller. That, that body gave me the best night of my life. Yeah, I want to know how Miss Rosen knows. <laughs> Let's get a little notebook uh, flashback there. Um, we find out that the old German guy, 
is Colonel Spearman. No way. Oh, and he's no. giving advice. He's giving advice to the pilot. On how, no, this is like a big reveal. It's like, oh, he's Spearman. <laughs> yeah, who else would it be? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> There's not a lot of options in this movie. There's two old guys. One of them is clearly a Holocaust survivor. The other yeah. one, we don't know about. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go with the other old Jewish guy in this movie, Joe. <laughs> The one that lives in Vienna, Austria. <laughs> um, he's giving advice to the pilot on how to properly torture Zalman psychologically. And he decides to visit Zalman for one last time and then kill him. Just like the good old days, Joe. Just like the good old days. Uh, Shep and Elizabeth finally find. Well, you know what it is, Jeff? They made a deal with each other. They said, if you and I are still single in 60 <laughs> years, <laughs> they made this deal in, uh, in Auschwitz. A little forbidden love. The most forbidden of love. If we haven't found love. Uh, okay, that's not a good joke. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you it afterwards. Um, Shep and Elizabeth find the store where the pilot bought the head mechanism. And they find out about the guy... And that he took a cab after. Shep attempts to track down the cab. Joe, this part here, this is where I fell asleep. I was watching this movie at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I just kind of zoned out and fell asleep while watching this movie. Yeah, this is the kind of movie that could put you to sleep no matter matter what situation you're in. Uh, Zalman hates trains. That's my next (laughs) note. (laughs) That he does, Joe. I wonder why. Um, Shep interrogates the cabbie. His name is Calvin. Calvin, Cal- the same name as his partner in Hellbound. Just saying. Okay. Just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Calvin tells Shep that the guy was weird, but won't tell Shep where he dropped him off because of professional professional courtesy. Shep threatens to take him in for for. Being black and Being Spokane. really mean. Oh, yeah. Or being black and Spokane. He's like, hey, you know what color your skin is, right? I can just bring yeah. you to the prison. I'll take you. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Spokane, it's the whitest place on earth. He's like, oh, right. Um, you know, he says, are you serious? And Shep says, Calvin, I'm as serious as a heart attack that I'm having right now. <laughs> <laughs> can you please drive me to the hospital? Please take me to, to a hospital. I'm having really bad chest pains. <laughs> my my mouth tastes like almonds, and I don't think that's good. <laughs> uh, Calvin says he dropped him at the Davenport Hotel. Shep and Elizabeth stake it out. Uh, but Elizabeth is, like, done immediately. She's like, how long is this going to take? <laughs> yeah, she's like, he's not here yet? This is ridiculous. Can we fast forward to that part? <laughs> um, and so they do. They spot the electrician and an old man. Uh, the, the electrician, the pilot, and an old man. And Shep says, ah, I bet that's someone from Zalman's past. Yes, the old guy? The old guy, because he's also old. <laughs> he's like, let's see. We're all a part of each other's past. That's what I was going to say. Te- technically, yeah, we're all part of each other's past, if we've ever met anybody. So he's not wrong, necessarily. Uh, they follow the car. Shep calls more. Uh... The pilot realizes they're being followed, decides to act as a diversion. 
Shep tells Elizabeth to head back to Eddie's, but she follows the town car instead while Shep tracks the pilot. So they split up. Yeah, so he gets out of the car, he and the pilot. And Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth decides not to go back to Eddie's. She's following the town car. She's Uh, not listening, Joe. She's not listening. Elizabeth tracks the car. She's starting. This is the part where she's like, wait, why have I been following this guy's directions all this time? She's having that um, moment where you break away from your captor. (laughs) (laughs) She starts to deprogram. She's like, wait, I'm in a car. I can I can go anywhere. (laughs) I can drive anywhere I want. Um. Elizabeth tracks the car to Zalman's prison warehouse uh, and calls Shep, but is immediately kidnapped. That's what you get. That's Uh, what happens when you don't listen. You don't listen. Shep tracks the pilot to a bus. They sit next to each other and do some bland banter. Then they break into a fight. It was absolutely crazy that he just sits down next to this guy on the bus. Like, it was, I know it's supposed to be like a badass moment, but I feel like the guy would be like, We've seen that scene in much better movies done exactly like this, like a Mission Impossible or something. Yeah, where he's like, you know, he's like, you know, like it could be done way better. This is probably the worst possible way they could have done it. It's like just two random guys on the bus arguing about whether one guy stole the other guy's watch or not. Like, even if they just had them back to back. Oh, that would have been better. Like that in that simple twist, they could have kept everything the same. It would have been it would have been fine. But at the same time, you need to get guys who can deliver lines properly. These guys are like the blandest people I've yeah. ever seen on screen. It's a truly awful presentation of the whole scene. But then they break into a fight. Thankfully, it's not that long. It's like four lines. Um, the most unrealistic part of this movie is the notion that people would flee off a bus as a fight breaks out. That's just par for the course. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, was I in a movie? Because I, too, have seen two men fight on the bus. <laughs> That's if, if You haven't dr- ridden a bus in a major city and not seen a fight break out. Right, if a fight between at least one person. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes there's no second person. <laughs> Sometimes they just fight with themselves. They're yeah. just getting it out. Um, but most likely they will at some point end up fighting with the bus driver. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That, that's a given. That's the cool down of all bus fights is fighting with the bus driver. Right. Shep gets his ass kicked and is thrown out a window. The pilot leaves him alive for some reason and hijacks the bus out of there when he hears sirens. Now he's got a gun pointed at Shep. Yeah. He could have just killed Shep. And then he hears the sirens and it's like, Wait a minute. He does the mental math. I don't have enough time to shoot him and also escape. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm really gonna get out by the skin of my teeth on this one. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go and leave you. <laughs> We're just gonna. And, go. then, and then Joe, I turned off this movie and just turned on Speed and just watched Speed instead and pretended that was the end of this movie. Okay, so you've got much different notes than me. <laughs> um, Joe, I like where he says pop quiz hotshot. <laughs> Yes. Oh, man. I miss you, Dennis Hopper. Uh, Shep wakes up, listens to Elizabeth's message. Oh, he wakes up like right after. Like he was out cold. And then like the bus takes off and he's like, huh. (laughs) Nice nap. He's like, uh, he's like, he's laying on the grass. He like opens one eye. Like, all right, he's gone. (laughs) Like he wasn't actually out. He doesn't want to keep fighting. Oh, man. (laughs) Thank God. Woo. 
Um, he's like breathing heavily. Uh, he immediately calls more and has him record the message over the phone and analyze it. Which I don't know how th- that works. Yeah, they do this in movies a lot. And I, I have a feeling it would just sound a lot like this if they actually did it. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, we isolated this track. You hear that? That warbling? That's a northern starling. <laughs> Jeff. But, okay, yeah. Also, how does the technical... Who, how is he playing it? Is he playing it on speakerphone and that somehow gets back? What? There's no two devices. It's one he device. Holds the mouth up to the, uh, he holds the earpiece up to the mouthpiece. And he's like, oh, it's one of those flip phones. So he like, <laughs> like, uh, it without closing it. Because if you close it just too much, it shuts the call off. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe he's just like the guy from Police Academy. He just does a perfect recreation of it. <laughs> there we go. He gets Michael Winslow. Yeah. Um. He immediately calls, uh, oh, here's what they do back at the FBI with this awesome recording. They isolate and identify the horn. They enhance the voice. They get all airbound choppers into the area and all available units into the area. This is insane. They have them search for a silver town car and Shep's truck. I like how they're not like they they like do the triangulating be like oh it's a train like you can just drive down the train tracks they have a very specific route you don't have to really <laughs> scramble you just go down the train track but also is there just one train track like I, how do they yeah. find the right train track it's Spokane I forget it Joe it's Spokane I, you're right I forgot it was Spokane I thought we were in Seattle finally um so. Elena pops in. That's why I like this scene, because this scene is just a way of tying in all of the FBI and police people that never mattered in the first place. This is like the part in Infinity War or Endgame when everybody starts to come out of the portals. Yes. (laughs) And you're like, oh, yeah, that guy is in this franchise. Yeah. Uh, Elena pops in. What about the cell phone? If it's still working, we can do a GPS trace on it, right? Park says, yes, we can. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. I was like, no, you can't. That's not how this works. But I do like they, how they have to have Park say, yes, we can. It's like, <laughs> re, re, uh, reinforce this absurd notion. Elena pops out. She's like, do we live in a reality where we can do this? He's like, yes, we do. Okay, well, perfect. Now? <laughs> do that. That works for the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, Shep is running on foot to... Not sure. <laughs> I'm not oh. sure where he's going. He's going somewhere, Joe. Uh, Elizabeth is consoling Zalman in the cell when Spearman walks in and reveals himself to Zalman. Spearman has a number on his arm, so I'm assuming he faked being a Jew to escape, which means Wait. the show Hunters probably stole their ending from this hunk of shit. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, this is... Um... I didn't think Jew, or, uh, uh, Nazis would be so mean to Jews as to pretend to be them. Yeah, you know, I thought they were more trustworthy people. Yeah, the Nazis, I thought they were uh, above board, didn't do anything wrong, you know. But, hey, turns out, I guess you can't trust a Nazi. They always depict themselves that way in the propaganda, as opposed <laughs> to... <laughs> oh, Joe, I mean... Oh. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying... Just saying. Um, also, Spearman's tattoo has no letters, which makes it more authentic than Zalman's. Oh, no. 
Joe, what if it was like a scenario where they actually where where Spearman was actually Zalman, yeah, and Zalman was Teller. We're looking past the obvious here. What's that? Chuck Norris is in this movie, is so he roundhouse kicked both of them too hard, and they got their brain swapped. So hard. They were standing next to each other. They it's, like a, it's like a body swap <laughs> take. <laughs> he kicked him. No, one guy One guy was standing in front of the other guy. He kicked him so hard his soul came out and went into the other guy. Yes. But the other guy, there has to be a, an exchange. Yeah. Well, then oh, and went, then Chuck Norris realized what he'd done. He goes to the other side. And kicks out the, the soul, but the wrong soul comes out. Right. And then he's like, oh, boy, I got a mess on my hands. And then, unlike any other Chuck Norris movie, it stops with the with the freeze frame. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, Jeff, we'll get to the freeze frame. Yeah, the freeze frame. We'll get there. Um, the pilot saunters in and tries to pressure Zalman into cutting the stones. Elizabeth tells him not to. They'll just kill them anyway. Uh, she's clearly never heard of buying time. Yeah. She's like, well, whatever you're going to do, just do it right now. You know, there's there's no chance of us surviving this. It's not like I have somebody looking for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spearman she, asks. I like the idea that she's like on the phone with somebody that they're trying to track and they're doing the stretch out time thing. She's like, I don't understand. OK, I have nothing else to say to you. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> just shoot us already. <laughs> yeah, just get this over with. Uh, Spearman asks one last time and Zalman utters the infamous words that all Chuck Norris co-stars say at the end of their movies. Never again. Joe, never again. He never. screams never again. <laughs> he doesn't say never again. He screams never again. Yeah. He, he, um, he really Mel Gibson's this line. If I can say something, freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Never again! Uh, stabs him in the heart with the shiv. Uh, he begs for help. Uh, Spearman does. Mm -hmm. But the pilot just makes, uh, just mocks him and drives the shiv deeper. And he says, your past has caught up with you, and now it's killed you. Yep. Uh, Shep has traced the call without a tracer, somehow, to the exact location of the train tracks where Elizabeth is. This is fascinating. So he heard trains. <laughs> Maybe he just ran down the track. And checked every building. Hey! Yeah. No? Okay. Hey! Hey! <laughs> what? Anybody know the Tolkoski method in there? Or modification? <laughs> no? no? Okay. <laughs> or, or he goes to every... Jogs to every building. Yeah, this is going to be one of those. And he rolls a penny... <laughs> says hey there's a penny out here <laughs> nope okay all right joe so uh anywho. what happens next <laughs> sorry jeff for putting you in that position someone's building a bomb that's what's happening next oh no is it me and, is it no, the creators could... of this movie <laughs> got him you got him <laughs> Chev sees his his truck's window is broken, and he displays the most concern we've seen so far. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> Mild. That's the most concern he's shown. Mild. What's this? Um, she's like, god damn it, did she forget to take the radio out? <laughs> I told her, put it in the club box. 
This is a bad neighborhood. We're off to a bad start. Uh, Shep walks right in front of the electrician, but the electrician doesn't see him. So he walks in front of a door with a window. Yeah. And and he sees him. Like, Shep's like, oh, shit. And he gets out of the way. But somehow, because <laughs> he, he comes out immediately after that. Joe, he had to gotta, be right at the door. The electrician has goes undercover as an electrician, but he doesn't know what he's doing. He's taken a lot of shocks, Joe. His vision is a little messed up at this point from all the electricity running through him. He's a little nearsighted. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing. He can't see. Uh, but he must He's be supposed really to get glasses, but it's this whole macho thing where, you know. Plus, he thinks, he's trying to balance his other job as an international assassin. Yeah. And, and have you ever tried to assassinate somebody with glasses? It's hard. It is They're hard. They're falling off. It's a mess. It's a whole mess. But it does get you out of being killed yourself. Because then you go, hey, you wouldn't harm a guy with glasses. Well, no, what it is, is you do the hit and then you take the glasses off. Because glasses are well known to be the biggest disguise in the universe. That's true. (laughs) Yes. Hey, oh, I was just fighting this guy. (laughs) Have you seen this guy? He looks like you, but with with metal on on his face. Metal and and glass on his face. Yes, right behind you. And then clocked him in the back. Um, Okay. Shep. Oh, Shep dodges to the side. Shep helps the electrician with that cough he's had. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> but the electrician returns the favor by straightening out Shep's sciatica. Yeah, this is a very weird fight. It's it's a hug fight. It is a hug fight. They're, they're coming to terms. But finally, Shep helps with the electrician's sore neck. Yeah, and this is like the second way he snaps his, in these movies we've seen, snaps his neck in a very weird way. Yeah, doesn't he kind of, like, put both forearms on each side and then, like... He, like, lifts him by the by the throat and, like... Oh, he, like, strings him out like a chicken almost? Almost, yeah. And, and then this is, like, sort of, like, picture the opposite of how he killed the guy in A Force of One. Where he, like, pulls him over his shoulder. He's, like, well, pulling him up. That's a tremendous neck snap. Yeah, this one, he's kind of, like, pulling him like this. Like, up. Yeah, it's very bizarre. He needs to teach a master class on snapping necks. He has I, maybe more experience than anyone on Snapping. You, that's one you don't want to volunteer to be at the front of a class for. Sure. No, but it's an online course. You know, the master class. Oh, the master class. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great to have like one of those commercials like shows Chuck Norris sitting in a chair with like a black T-shirt? He's like, are we rolling? Yeah. OK. <laughs> here's, how you, here's how you snap a neck. I'm going to tell you guys how to snap a neck. Some of you guys think that snapping necks is just about killing someone. But really? Think, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we've all heard snapping necks is cool, but let me, t- I'm here to tell you that snapping necks is serious business, guys. <laughs> uh, the pilot has strapped a bomb to Elizabeth, but he's really into cougars, so he has to make out with her, too. Of course. That's how, you know, that's how you know he's serious, is he's got to make out with somebody as he kills them. It's really that's how you know he's a bad guy. Yeah. Yes, because he kisses every girl in sight. He he also they cut the scene, but he kisses Almond as well. <laughs> Just as passionately. He's not into consent. No, it's all about power for him. Yeah. The, the sex of the person doesn't matter. It's not he's not even bi. He's just like likes doing it for power. Just stealing power from people, yeah. Um Shep arrives, says, looks like she didn't like it. And Thanks, she Shep. looks you know what you'd expect in a scene like this in a normal movie? You'd expect the girl to be like, oh, James, or like, oh, Indy. But, but really, it's just kind of like, 
Oh. <laughs> oh, it's you. It turns around, it's you again. <laughs> Great. Now I get to go back and, and live at Eddie's place for the rest of the <laughs> Um, uh, the pilot draws a gun and he gets shot in the chest three times. Yep, and he's dead, right, Joe? Well, we'll see. Uh, Elizabeth asks why they can't just cut the wires, but Shep says it's a continuous circuit, and like all great men, he knows a thing or two about tickers. That's right. He's like, hey, you got step one, you gotta be more zen. It'd be great if he was like, Hold on, let me call up an old friend. <laughs> he calls up Steven Seagal. <laughs> and it's Steven Seagal just sitting in a chair, just completely bloated. What <laughs> 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 you gotta do, Chuck, is uh, it's not an FAE, is it? Uh, first, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get Zen. You gotta meditate. You know how to meditate. I saw Breaker Breaker. You meditate. <laughs> Great film, meditate. By the way. Maybe eat a hot dog too. <laughs> Have you tried flipping a guy by his wrist? Um, or no, that'd be great if he was like, all right, I got to continue. Uh, Chuck's like, I got to continue a circuit here, uh, Steven. What should I do? He's like, yeah, well, well I got a uh, an FA-245 uh, often deployed in Afghanistan. <laughs> By our boys. Uh, it, it indiscriminately kills civilians, just so you know. No, he does that whole thing that he was doing in, yeah. in freaking Ticker where he like describes it all. Um, Elizabeth. Oh, no, the pilot awakes and attacks Shep. Mm -hmm. We get our final fight. Norris is still doing all of his own stunts, I think. (laughs) Because this is the scene. He's punching very poorly. (laughs) Well, he is punching poorly when it's on him as a face shot, but they're also doing cuts to the back, and I'm not entirely sure that this is still Norris. I didn't think about that. It could be. It could be not Norris. He's not balding when they show him in the back. <laughs> well, no, Chuck has a full head of hair at all times, Joe. That's true. That's true. Um, the pilot reveals he had a bulletproof vest the whole time, and then the fight continues. Uh-oh. After 20 bajillion punches, one finally knocks the pilot out. <laughs> so it's just like, psh, 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 psh. all right that one got him finally he's down um shep removes the bomb and uses the marshini technique he places it on the pilot's chest that's right that's how you kill uh uh what was his name not uh uh not bobby moynihan not bobby moynihan yeah knock off body bobby moynihan uh he releases zalman and elizabeth Zalman stops to pick up diamonds as the bombs at 20 seconds. Joe, how did that make it past? Wow. <laughs> it is my notice. Wow. Do better. <laughs> Just wow. It's, uh... It, it's, they show him. It's like, it's like he's like, uh... <laughs> and he, like, bends over and shows his hands, like, grasping them. <laughs> they're doing tropes, Joe. They're Watching doing tropes. This is fucking, who, what is this, Der Sturmer Productions? What the fuck is this? Joe, they're not going to be using them anymore. Why would two good diamonds go to waste? Why I mean, would two diamonds do waste? Um, what you're doing 
that voice because I'm That's not allowed. Okay. That's okay. I like doing that voice. If they're just going to be sitting here. Uh, <laughs> the pilot wakes up at five seconds, and instead of tossing the bomb out of the window, as we've said before, he mutters, Shisa. Shisa. He doesn't time. stop to think, hey, this isn't strapped to me. <laughs> and there's a window right there. He doesn't even try. Or even just like just like smack it off of him or anything. Because they, you, I love these movies because they have to make it at five seconds, which is plenty of time to throw a bomb out a window, by the way. I, um, have. I have as well. We yeah. all have. Who has, Who has it? it? Yeah. But exactly. they have to make it five seconds because they need to give him enough time to do the. Oh, <sighs> I, not I, again. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to make that dinner date. <laughs> Laugh track explosion. I guess I won't be in Cutter too. Back to Israel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Austrian connection. The Austrian connection. Uh, The building explodes. Oh, no. Um, As does any hopes of redeeming the money (laughs) invested in this movie. So bad. Such a terrible movie. More bitches at Shep for blowing up the building. <laughs> I do like that callback because he was bitching him before for throwing the guy out the window. Yeah, all he does is complain at him about doing his job. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, it's just like, up, uh, oh, things were the same as they ever were. Like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, you. Back to normal. Um, Parks apologizes, kind of. Um, he's more like, hey, no hard feelings. <laughs> Slap on the back. Uh, Zalman asks Shep to deliver the diamonds to the Israel Museum in Jerusalem. Shep says, no problem. And he'll also take the breastplate. Zalman says, not so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was the last one. Uh, um, Shep invites Elizabeth on a trip to Austria. So they can visit all the places her family had their lives destroyed. <laughs> That's right. Really weird place. To, yeah, it's just like, hey, you want to go on a tour of the worst parts of your family's history? Right. It's huh? just like, I've been waiting for a man my whole life to ask me that question. Uh, also, wait, Austria is pretty far from Jerusalem. Is Shep just going to try to sell some to sell these to some Nazis? The That's- diamonds. The diamonds say all signs point to yes. <laughs> That's right. And then we get how every Chuck Norris movie ends, Joe. No, wait. They assume he's kidding, but he says, nope, I'm not kidding. Oh, That's yeah, the last right. line of the movie. <laughs> and then there's group laughter. Uh, what was that? The hard, the, the pause screen. Yeah. Every Chuck Norris movie ends with a, 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 a stop. Why a am stop. I? Not a stop screen. Why am I blanking on this, Joe? Why am I so stupid? Uh, whatever. It, a freeze frame. Freeze frame. Freeze Thank frame you. Freeze frame on laughter. Everyone's having a good time. That's the end of the movie. Except for the little kid in Hellbound. He was not having a good time. He was getting chased. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, he was about to get sent to Israeli prison. <laughs> it's not a oh, fun oh. film. All right, Joe. Jeff. The cutter. cutter. Way more Nazis and anti-Semitism than I expected when I put this movie on. At least three more Nazis than I was expecting. Three? How many Nazis are there at this movie? Three. <laughs> it, 
I always expect at least one Nazi. That's the difference between you and me. That's true. You always hope for the Nazi. <laughs> I'm always hope for, not root for. Just to be right. just to be clear, hope for. You have someone you love to hate in the movie. Exactly. That's how you. That's how you know it's a good movie. So it wasn't a good movie, Joe. But no, it wasn't. And I it had, had so much fun. Okay. It had some very Flight of Fury vibes. I don't know what it is about these movies. Some movies are just shot in a way that is so cheap that you just like how could this be anything that anyone would ever want to watch yeah and it like i kept say, keep saying with this one and here on the terror it is a very made for tv movie feel but here on the terror even had kind of like a little i don't know what it is this more reminded me of flight of fury and maybe it's just cuz it was made more recently with maybe. like same kind of cameras that are cheap and like the same kind of cheap editing and the same kind of kind of clunky dialogue and like I get what you're saying. It's out of the era of the made for TV movie. It's like the straight to Netflix movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The same 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 idea. Right. The modern made for TV movie. Yeah. So Joe, let's close the door on Norse member. All right. I'm, I, I already miss it. I I, I I miss it too, Joe. Let's <laughs> propose Chuck Sember. Chuck Sember. Yeah. All right. No, we don't. No, have... I was gonna say before you move on. I was gonna say next Norse November, maybe we just do four Walker Texas Ranger episodes. That would be great. Chosen at random. Completely at random. Completely at random. We just like whichever titles we like most. I like that idea. Which is how I picked this movie for next yes. week. Santa with muscles. Yes. Joe, it is a 1996 film starring Hulk Hogan. And this is the description from IMDb. And Clint and, Howard. Sorry. And Clint Howard. And uh, who else? Garrett Morris. Mila Kunis. Uh, Pierre Dulat. Ed Bagley Jr. Whoa. Ah. So an evil millionaire believes he is Santa Claus after an accident renders him an amnesiac. That is our first holiday action movie for this year. So, Joe, I'm very excited about this. Are you? I'm, I am beyond stoked. Yes, and so after that, we will have reindeer games and then two mystery movies that Joe and I will gift each other. We don't even know them. We don't even know. I already know one of them. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm scared. All right, Joe. So, for Joe, for Jeff, thanks for listening. Take care, and please, 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 keep Nazis out of your life. Uh, We will also have a survey at the end of this, that, and it'll say, was this good? (laughs) bad just medium just okay just okay oh don't eat the jewels no they will crack your teeth they're not candy